Um, so, and, and then I was dating this guy and then I get in his car and this motherfucker has a whole bunch of magazines in his back seat that are all the magazines I'm in. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, like, what is that? Mm-hmm. And then he goes, oh, it's like the magazines should show my friends. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Welcome to the All American Savage Show podcast with your host, John Burke, and his far more attractive co-host, me. Now, let's get into it. That's what your mom said. Welcome back to the All-American Savage Show podcast. I am your host, John Burke. I got a personal friend in the studio today. Natalia is with me, even though she's late. We're not going to talk about that, though. We won't, I won't bring that up. I won't bring that up. Listen, no. you've been like, trying to do your editing there for the past like 10 minutes. I was here at 11.59. That's I, late. That is late. On time for me. <laughs> I'm on uh, Brazilian time. <laughs> Some Brazilian time. How's the audio, folks? Everything good? We're streaming live right now on Rumble, Kick, YouTube, Facebook. You can go check us out there. And as you know, help us recruit to join the army of lost savages. Tell your friends about us. Tag us on social media. It helps a lot more than you know. We greatly appreciate that. And as you know, this episode is brought to you by shellshockcbd.com. You can check it out. The fastest growing CBD veteran owned brand in the nation. Great prices, great affordability. And every product that we have comes with a 100% money back guarantee. If it does not do as we advertise it to do, we will refund your money. I am that confident. You can't beat that with a brick stick. You just can't. <laughs> Natalia's over here. Just going like, God, that's freaking. Yeah, that's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. Sign me up. Sign me up. No, she's looking at something in the background, like totally oblivious to what the hell I'm talking about. So, but anyway, uh, oh, we got people that recognize you. Yay, Natalia's back. Love the Savage Sweethearts. What up? Oh, I guess we got a female group called the Savage Sweethearts. That's awesome. I love that. I do too. I just saw that for the first time. The Savage Sweethearts. See, like, do you get a, have a lot of women here? Oh yeah, as we guests? get a mix. We get a mix. Yeah. No, as guests. Um, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I do. Yeah, we've. I bring on. Well, normally, you know, for those that don't know, I normally talk politics and culture and stuff like this. And Natalia, you know, I love bringing her on because we're talking about relationships, things such as this. Yeah. But in the, the political spectrum, yes, I do bring on, um, as a matter of fact, I had a woman on the other day that was a, um, she used to be a, a Democrat and she is a, a married lesbian and was talking about gay rights in the Republican side of the house. And it was a very, very good conversation about that. And so, no, I love interviewing people um, from opposing political sides and like listening to what they have to say, but also women. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Awesome. I'm not just one sided on that because I know men, uh, we can be very, uh, men and women definitely think differently. 
Yeah. Um, I think that we just have, and that's why I was like, for those who don't know, Natalia and I go to the same gym and I go to her to sometimes get some female perspective on some of the things that I am dealing with in my own personal life, because it's good to have a fresh set of eyes that, you know, can kind of open you up to maybe the bias that you're seeing through. And so, um, which I never do. I never have a bias. <laughs> you're perfect. I am perfect. <laughs> I am perfect in all ways. Oh, I wow. never have a bias. <laughs> this guy loves throwing off flies. I cannot Oh my gosh. It. Oh my gosh. Well, thanks for coming to the show. Now, first and foremost, where can everybody find you at? Oh, um, hi, everybody. Um, excited to be here again. Um, I love coming on this podcast. I just wanted to put that out there that um, it's fun to have conversations that are not like married to fitness, you know, because yeah. that is my space. And, um, and I like to talk about other things. Um, and I even joked the other day, going to open up parentheses here. Uh, I was on tra- Thread, the new mm, um, yeah. Instagram kind of Twitter thingy. Yeah. Um, and I even made a joke that um, the Thread was going to be the zombie apocalypse for fitness influencers because it requires you to have a personality. <laughs> <laughs> you, you make a really good point there because, you know, you just said something that, like, I used to love being in the fitness world and I just got bored with it because everything is just so hyper-focused on one singular thing wherein you go to different topics in the political spectrum, which you could, you could make the same argument, but I feel like it's more broad and it feels like for fitness influencers, does it, does it feel like it's kind of just hitting its peak or it's hit its plateau of like, how many times can you post a video about how to do a proper bicep curl? Um, <clears throat> I, 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 I would agree with you. Um, obviously I do think that there is a space for expertise, mm-hmm. um, and, and knowledge for people to get helped because if you look at the data, mm. um, like 42% of the U S population is obese, mm-hmm. like actually, yeah, obese, mm-hmm. uh, like it's not even in the overweight category, it's yeah. an obese category. So you would be an understatement to say that, um, we don't, <laughs> there is no need, but I think that there is also the need of people in the fitness space who speak in a way that doesn't make them f- look so righteous. Like everybody yeah. in the, like, what the fuck do you know? Like walk We, we don't like, cuss on this podcast. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> I know you meant. I, I yeah, I, I was gonna see if I could slip that one by you. <laughs> no, no, you're, there does seem like there's a lot of self righteousness, or, or people yeah. have taken fitness to such an extreme level that if you don't have a certain uh, sized physique, um, because you know the first thing I saw really starting out in the fitness world was that the biggest, um, I, I see the nucleus that everything revolves around or orbits around rather is that it's size size is what everybody's going for. You need to be a bodybuilder. You need to be huge when that's actually not what fitness is really focused on. It should be health, happiness. And you yourself, like you do these days, like you're not big, you're shredded, you're cut, but you're not massive like a lot of the other female bodybuilders are. But you've also been on that stage. You've competed. You've done a lot of these things and you set yourself apart by being true and genuine to yourself. Do you think that helps kind of open people's minds to say, look, I don't have to look like Dana Lynn Bailey. Not knocking her. I mean, she's incredible. She's beautiful. She, yeah. But it's like, you don't have to look like that to be yeah. fit and happy. And, and I think that also um, from my background, for those of you that don't know, um, I won the biggest bodybuilding competition in the world, the Olympia. And I think that that gives me a very good perspective on, on both sides and kind of like going back to the righteous kind of uh vibe Mm. it's like you're depending on some places that you go fitness expos that you go and things like that there is like this dick swinging of like yeah (laughs) do you know who i am because i got top five i'm like nobody gives a shit stop it 
Um, you know, and I try not to, in the fitness space, not to kind of quote unquote play the Olympia card mm. uh, because I want to be known for my knowledge and expertise. Although like, yes, the Olympia is a great accomplishment. Um, and, and it shows a lot of grit, a lot of discipline, a lot of commitment. And I am, I'm not knocking that, yeah. but I think that especially as a female in the fitness space, in the division that I competed where you can really be perceived as a fucking bimbo. Mm -hmm. um, I, I never wanted to be like that. So I have always made it. And another thing, like I talk too much to be two people, to <laughs> pretend to be like that social media persona right. and be like, I would be confused on who is who. And so I just decided like, I'm just yeah. going to be one. So what I, do you think you're known for more now? Because you have a very successful body or excuse me, personal training. You focus on mothers, um, because you yourself are a mother of two, you yeah. work a full-time job, you run a company, you yeah. you do a lot. So do you feel like you, you're more well-known now for what you're doing in that ring or back during the Olympia days? Um, I think not a lot of people know that I would be, um, that I coach competitors because I never have, mm -hmm. never never had the desire to do it. And I always found that the line of the healthy and the unhealthy were very fine. Um, and I didn't want to um, cannibalize my reputation with draw, like crossing that line. Right. And and I just didn't feel called to do that. Then after I had my kids, I was like, shit, what am I going to do when I grow up? Like, mm. I, I almost had a little bit of an existential crisis. And um, remind me, how old were you when you won the Olympia? Um, so it was 2012. So whatever many like. 13, no, hold on, 23, Give me 11, a guess. Year, 11 years ago. So I'm 39 now. Okay. Um, I'm not embarrassed to say my, my age. I'm 39 too. So, so 39 minus 11, whatever, the 28. Mm. Um, I don't know. I'm not a mathologist. We'll go with that one. So if she gets it wrong, it's not on me. <laughs> I'm not doing the math on that. <laughs> 28. Okay. Um, so I was 28 and, um, and that, that's one thing like, the, the whole like trying to be outrageous and things like that in the fitness space, um, people have forgotten that you like that you're talking to people mm. and, and, you know, you're, you're, you're serving people who live a, a normal life, yeah. uh, you know, like, especially in my case, I work with moms and that's kind of like whenever I found out that I was pregnant, I'm like, holy fuck, like I've been training since I was 14 and here I am pregnant. I have no idea what to do. Mm -hmm. And um, so I start to become very um, curious about training during pregnancy and postpartum, not only for my own sake and my own safety, but also because I felt like I had a moral responsibility with somebody who has a big following mm -hmm. to be putting out information that was not some, oh, it's good because it works for me. Right like that that that's not how truly helping people works mm -hmm. so um whenever i found out i was pregnant i started doing a whole bunch of courses and the more i start to speak to other mothers especially women who used to be fit at some point in life um and then you know life happened and priorities slightly changed a little bit and they have been off the the school of extremes or nothing like if you're not doing cardio three hours a day and yeah. eating freaking lettuce and ice cubes what's the point <laughs> and i start to see a pattern because i experienced that because that is the only way i knew how to get in shape right and i had to find a different way of doing it 
And the more I start to speak my truth in these struggles that I was having, like I didn't walk out of the hospital with a freaking six pack. Mm. I like, in fact, my second pregnancy, I was the same way as I was pregnant two weeks after. <laughs> I hadn't lost an ounce. Right. Um, and I was like, I'm sure like I had been the best body in the world. And if I'm having these kind of struggles and, and I know how to regain control of my body, imagine mm. how other women out there must be feeling. Yeah. That don't take it to the level that you do as far as fitness goes. Correct. Yeah. And so slowly I start to see, and, and, you know, regardless if that is somebody who has been a competitor, but, um, that's a conversation that I see happening time and time again. And even if you haven't had a child, life changes, life yeah. ch circumstances, priorities changes. change, yeah. Priority jobs. Change. Yeah. And then you have like, uh, um, like that's, that's what I kind of had an epiphany the other day. I'm like, it's almost like a Parkinson's law. Mm -hmm. Okay. Back in the day, don't have a lot of responsibility. You have no kids probably don't have a partner or have a partner that is kind of like, Hey, listen, this is my life. Suck it up and deal with it. Mm. And then now fast forward, like a decade later, you have very limited time, probably have kids. You're probably being pulled in all directions. You're striving for that work-life balance that I think a lot of people don't even know what that looks like or what it feels like. And you're also trying to figure out who you are as an individual. Correct. Because you're being pulled in so many directions that I feel like, People, and we can talk a bit more about that, but I, I find that people start to get lost in all the relationships that they have mm -hmm. and all the roles that they play, like in their career yeah. and in their marriage, in their uh, role as a parent, they start to lose themselves. Yes. And, yeah, that is very true. That is very true. And, and like, <clears throat> if you ask them, like, what do you like? They, they don't even know how to respond to that. And I have like another theory on that. That's part of one of my notes. Um, as soon as she walked in, she was like, I need paper and pen because I got to write all my thoughts down. I was like, oh, here we go. Here yeah, we go. Yeah. I like off the cuff conversations, but I do understand that people, you get a thought. It's like, I want to talk about that because yeah. that is something very sincere to me. And I feel like even yesterday on the, the stair steppers, when we were talking, like I was hitting a few things. God damn it. I got to remember this for the podcast tomorrow. And of course it yeah. completely slips my mind, but I'm sure it'll come back. But yeah. anyway, you were talking about. See, I forgot. Well, that's why you have your notes. Oh, the, the, so the, the, the Parkinson's uh, uh, law, I mm -hmm. don't know if you know what like Parkinson's no, law no. is. So Parkinson's law is like, for example, whenever you have a full tube of toothpaste, mm -hmm. you're more likely to be wasteful mm, with okay. that tube of toothpaste okay. because you know that you have a full tube right. of toothpaste. Same thing can be applied to financial situations. When you have a surplus of money, you are more likely to spend it. Isn't that right, government? No, I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> so you have, um, and then whenever you have less of it, you have to become more efficient right. with that little amount. So we start to be like, okay, I'm going to put a little bit less here and right. things like that. So that is the, that's Parkinson's law. I didn't know that. Um, I mean, I knew of that. I know what you're talking about. I didn't know that was actually called Parkinson's law. Where did that yeah. come from? Oh, you're asking like, that's above my pay grade. Okay. Right I'll have to look that up. That's, that's very interesting because you know, you, I think everybody knows that it's kind of like when you're down to your last 20 bucks, you're going to start. It's like, okay, it's ramen noodles now versus yeah. like, I'm not going out to Ruth's Chris and stuff like that. So, you, you know. start to become very resourceful with it. So, you know, if we look at the, the path of somebody's life, even like I'll look at my life before, like I was single, whenever I was dating my husband, we did long distance. So 
and and I'm very content on my own company. Mm-hmm. Like I have, yeah. like in fact, today I'm going to a hotel by myself. But we can talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> I really think you should probably finish that because people are going, uh, "What?" Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have to. Have, it's like to be by myself, not to. Uh, Oh, no, to be like on my own company. So yeah. I'm very content in my own company. So I had a lot of more, more time to spending the gym. I had a lot more time, you know, to be meal prepping. Oh, those yeah. fancy, bougie, fancy recipes and stuff like that. But now with two kids, a husband, a business, a team within my business, starting another business, um, I don't have the luxury of wasting time. Yeah. And, and that's the problem that I see with a lot of people is that they try to hold on to what worked yeah, because they had more time. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like trying to, you know, eat caviar every day when you are on a, like, I don't know, a McDonald's budget. Hourly, hourly budget. Yeah. It, it's, it's not going to work. Yeah. And then people keep on fa- fa- failing time and time again. And then they're like, Oh my God, I'm such a failure. I'm like, you're a lawyer. You have an incredibly yeah. successful career. You have a beautiful family. But let me let me ask you something about that. Like, I know exactly where you're going with that because I've had a lot of friends do the same thing that uh, even, even my girlfriend, Sheila, same thing, that the drive or the constant uh, guilt that we feel that maybe we're not reaching our full potential can be a very influential driving force into making us better. Because every time I hear somebody say something like that, it's like, what you're going through actually isn't bad. You know, you just have to, to, to be able to moderate it because I feel like when people don't have, what's the complete opposite of that? Of I feel no guilt. I'm perfect the way I am. I'm happy. The world is perfect. I shouldn't change. The world should change. And I know I'm using very weird comparisons here, but the idea of that you have that little voice inside of your head that is giving you that little buzzer sound of saying, hey, I'm not where I want to be. Yeah. I think that's a very good thing to have. It's just yeah. that you can't let it make you feel bad all the time. But and that's the problem is because um, a lot of these women, they keep on going back to, you know, methodologies and strategies and ways to navigate life and their fitness yeah. in, in a way that worked for a different season of life. And, and, you know, the more you fail, the more you start to believe that you're a failure. Mm. And, and it's even hard for me to show these women that it is possible because a lot of times by the time they get to me, they don't even believe in themselves. And, you know, in order for change to happen, they not only have to believe me, my process, they have to believe in themselves. And that is not something that I can do. Yeah. So that's kind of a little bit of the, the, the challenge um, sometimes to help women see one that they are worthy of change because also in the process of being everything for everyone, Mm -hmm it's very easy to feel like you're not even worthy of all of that. Mm-hmm. I, I want to go back to something you just said that I feel like maybe there's a lot of female listeners that listen to this. You said that they have to be able to convince themselves of their value. How does one do that? Because I can't, I can't talk to this because I was raised in the army. This has never been an issue for me as far as I'm not going to be like, no, I will, I will do what I got to do. I will accomplish the mission. And that was, that was the environment that, that bred me. But, uh, you know, most people don't serve and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, but where do they go then? Like, say, for example, you're a married mother and maybe your husband doesn't really commit to you in the sense of like, he really believes that you can accomplish this because he's seen you try. Where should someone go? to try and start to build that level of self-worth and understanding that, look, you are worth it. You can do this. You know, when you've got, you know, you've kind of surrounded yourself with maybe a lot of examples of your failures, where do you go? 
Yeah, that's actually um, a, a very good question. And I think that uh, it's funny because I was actually talking to my members yesterday about this um, because I find that a lot of times people constantly rely on willpower. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, you know, I am going to stop doing this, but they not they change nothing in their surroundings. Their environment. That is yeah. going to support yeah. this, this new me yeah. that they are becoming. And um, so the change must start with the environment mm-hmm. in, in which they're in. And what you're consuming. Well, yeah, like, and, and people are like, oh, I can't change my environment. My, my husband is the same. My kids are the same. Yeah, but like you can change the things that are under your control. There you like, go. And there are very simple steps that you can start to do. Um, like, for example, if you know that every time that you go to the pantry, you're more likely to snack. Okay, get these snacks from being on your eyesight and put them at the top so it's not going to be an automatic kind of grab and go. So there are manipulations of the environment that you can create that is going to give you a sense of uh, uh, control. Yeah. And here's the thing. Um, The more I start to speak with women, okay, the more... One thing that I hear all the time is like, I've lost my confidence mm-hmm. and the level. How often do you hear that? Every single day. It seems like I just want to pull the chat on that. And this is just, we're eventually going to talk about relationships, but I do like opening with this because it's a very interesting. How often do you think men feel that way as far as lack of confidence versus women? Like Chad as well. We have almost 600 people watching on on Rumble. Um, men versus women. How Because I feel like there's a very big difference there between the sexes because I feel like men are less emotional in that aspect versus women. So when it comes to trying to connect, say for a significant partner, there has to be a certain level of empathy and understanding that comes from each side of the house to where it's not just one side, like the woman has to say, well, how come you never understand me? Well, how come she never understands why he doesn't understand her? Yeah. If that makes any sense? And and, and, and um, <clears throat> I think that obviously I cannot speak for men, one, because I'm not one, and two, because that's not the demographic that I work with. So right. it's very hard for me to say, but I think that um, one thing that is important to understand for any men listening, and um, you know, whenever we're talking, one thing that I find that men are incredibly oblivious to is how much their partner's lack of confidence actually impacts their everyday life. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like I've had women tell me that they canceled uh, vacation, family vacation, because they didn't feel good about themselves. Yeah. I have had women tell me that they, you know, they told their husbands every single night or their partners every single night that they had a headache or something was happening because they didn't want to be intimate. But it's not because they don't love that partner, right. but it's because they don't love themselves. Right. And and then the husband does not or partner. I'm saying husband just because it's yeah. the, the, the first thing that comes to mind. But the, and the partner doesn't really understand the impact that not having that confidence is not just about not fitting in a pair of jeans. Yeah. It's not just about, you know, a lot of these women, like I had a conversation with a lady recently. She is uh, a doctor, like a, a doctor as in doctorate, mm-hmm. a PhD. Yeah. Um, and she works for NASA. Okay. Mm-hmm. Incredibly successful. She's, she's holding herself back from raising her hands and showcasing her expertise as an incredibly competent woman mm. because she does not want people to be looking at her. So the confidence, 
I think it's just the tip of the iceberg whenever we're looking at the negative impact that it is having on women's lives. And I find that a lot of times men just think that's like, oh, it's fine, just like exercise more and like eat less. Mm. If you were that simple, I promise you, you'd have been done. Yeah. Because if it is having this <clears throat> level of impact on a woman's lives, do you really think that she wakes up every day having a great time feeling like shit? Yeah. No, she would have done it. Mm. So um, I, I find that that is kind of a little bit of the disconnect a lot of times with men is that they don't understand that it's not just about the confidence, about, you know, looking good in a dress, is how much it truly is impacting every single aspect of, of a woman's life. Yeah. Like a lot of these women are being consumed. Like, What, what do you think is amazing, the, the, uh, the biggest contributor to that type of mentality? Do you think it's social media? A type of mentality for whom? As far as like the women feeling pressured, not feeling good enough, uh, keeping up with the Joneses, because I feel like if I look at, and again, I, I, I make this akin to the political spectrum, I feel there's so much animosity, there's so much hatred, there's so much division, because I feel like social media in and of itself has such a massive way of influencing people into thinking that they're not good enough because they're always comparing themselves to someone that they follow, that they idolize, they look up to. I think that there <clears throat> is some truth to that, <clears throat> but I think that, and that's funny because I actually recorded a podcast yesterday. Um, my podcast, Unfiltered yes. Fit Life Podcast, come listen to me. You just started this too. You've already done pre-recorded episodes. Yeah, yeah. And where, where is this found at now? Um, all the, the podcast platforms. And it's called what? Unfiltered Fit Life. Unfiltered Fit Life. Yeah. Okay. So there is this, and, and that was like a huge come to Jesus me as for me as a coach. Because a lot of times, um, because you're asking about confidence, a lot of times people think, and, and it's going to come full circle now. You got so, your phone over there. You're, you're pulling, you're reading, are you reading yeah, this because from somewhere? A, there, there is a note that I, I didn't oh, put okay. here because I didn't think that we we're going to talk about. So a lot of people think that the lack of confidence is a byproduct of gaining weight and not feeling good in their own bodies. Mm -hmm. Okay. But what if confidence is just a byproduct when you do not live in alignment when with what your goals are, whenever you do not honor what you have told yourself that you were going to do. Mm -hmm. And then you start to slowly lose confidence. Right. And by losing confidence, you, the, the the byproduct of it and the, the the end result of it is you ending up living in a body that you don't love and that you're not confident in. There's other ways that bleeds over into life too, because I very rarely, I've had a few people in my life that I'm sure you know the exact type that I'm talking about, that the confidence I feel um, with a lot of people, specifically one type, I call them the salesman type of personality, that they can sell you you know, catch up popsicle wearing white gloves. These people have that outgoing personality of they are just great salespeople, very vibrant. But usually I found more often than not that when they are alone, they're very unhappy. They project heavily. And, but what the, the type of personality I'm trying to describe though is that they make a lot of promises to themselves in their day-to-day -day verbal um, speaking, if you will, kind of like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But they never get around to doing it. And I think subconsciously, eventually that starts to catch up to people because they start to realize and understand that I'm saying I'm going to do all these things and I never do. 
Therefore, I don't make good on my word, but not just to other people, but to myself. And I feel like that definitely takes a toll on you, whether you realize it or not, that when you turn around and you look back at the path of words that you've left behind of false promises you made yourself, that you realize like, I don't make good on my word, which should in turn teach you to tell, like for me, that the lesson I've learned is do not say it if you do not fully intend on doing it. Or if you don't, just simply say, I'm not sure if I'm going to do it. I'm thinking about it versus yeah. I'm going to do it. But you know you're not because yeah. actions, the words align with the actions. And when you yeah. speak one thing, your mind, you start to believe what you say. And I feel like a lot of people do this of I'm going to do this. I'll quit smoking tomorrow. I'll start eating healthy tomorrow. And then you're at the, you know, you're at the, uh, you're at the uh, Bucky's over there getting some uh, beaver nuggets, which God, those things are amazing. Um, I'm, I'm not gonna, um, yes. <laughs> Wait, have you had beaver nuggets? Um, I've had, um, a few, are we talking about Bucky's? Yeah. That, yeah. Ooh, no, I like the brisket sandwich oh, though. Bucky's is amazing. Oh, I can Bucky's. live in Bucky's. Uh, it's like paradise. I, you know, I watched the thing on TikTok the other day that those, the owners of that, they've been around since the eighties, I believe. I didn't know this eighties or nineties, but it would, did not look like what it looks like now. Those two right now each are valued at over $500 million a piece. Oh, I'm sure. And they only, they only have like a handful of stores that are spreading. But the thing that I loved about it is that they've created an experience. Yes. If you look at the retail, it's like, okay, this is nothing special, but they've created an experience and it's incredible as a business model to see that. And I thought that was just really interesting to see because it's like, man, imagine creating an experience at a gas station. Because if I go to a 7-Eleven, it's trash normally. It's the floors are dirty, yeah. it's too tight. You go to Bucky's. What's the one that's off the top of your head? What do you think Bucky's is most known for? Their hats, their socks, their uh, not their their gas. Not the gas. No, no, no. <laughs> but they have a hundred pumps though, and they don't allow trucks to go in there. The big rig truck, so it doesn't get a uh, crowded. But the biggest thing that Bucky's is known for is the clean bathrooms. Oh yeah, it is. It is right clean. because yeah. people know if you're going on a road trip and you got to go potty, and the kids. You know, Bucky's going to be clean. Yeah. And, Isn't that crazy? And, yeah. And I have two small kids and yeah. do not recommend dirty bathrooms with the small kids. Yeah. Zero stars. But to get back to what you were talking about, I get, I get yeah. sidetracked. So. Same, same. I love Bucky's. So, same. <laughs> um, I have their, like I even have their blanket. Anyway. Oh I, yeah, same. I, I digress. Same. Every time Sheila and I go, it's like, should we get the pajamas? Like we should get the pajamas. We're not getting the pajamas. <laughs> he... <laughs> we're, we're probably in the pajamas. We're going to speak in six months time and he is going to have indeed purchased the pajamas. Yeah, anyway. I actually already did. I had the onesie from Christmas. <laughs> it didn't fit. It fit Sheila. It didn't fit me. We got matching Bucky's pajamas. I'm not ashamed of this. It was oh, amazing. Romantic. She lets me touch her booty. So I'll do whatever she tells me. <laughs> okay. So um, what I was saying is like, and, and kind of to piggyback on that. So, and then it kind of goes back full circle to what we were talking about about at the beginning of this conversation that people come into this new stage of life with unrealistic expectations of what they can do yeah. and they hold on to that. Oh yeah, I'm gonna train seven hours a day. No, I'm gonna train seven days a week for three hours, do cardio, and then I'm gonna eat chicken and tilapia and broccoli and asparagus. And I'm never ever gonna have carbs ever I'm never again. gonna have a cheat meal. I'm never gonna eat anything sweet. And, and, and I'm like, but, but do you like bread though? Oh, I love bread. And I'm like, okay, but like, how do you see yourself like being able to maintain your results? Mm -hmm. If the one thing that you're cutting is the one thing that like you feel really your cannot, workouts and yeah, that you can all like tech, live without at, yeah. from a, a personal choice perspective. 
Um, so they are setting themselves up for failure from the get go because mm -hmm. they haven't realized that their life has evolved and their strategy has to evolve too. Yeah. And then because of that, they make that goal and they commit to that thing that they are not being able to fulfill. So mm -hmm. they start living in a misalignment with what their ultimate goal is, which starts to chirp away their confidence. Yeah. And then it just becomes that snowball because then in the beginning you still looked okay, but then the more confidence you lose, the more you let go. And then the more you're just like, whatever. Yeah. Yellow. It definitely spirals. Like you kind of, when you, when you kind of open that gate and you've accepted one failure, you've had one cheat meal that leads to two cheat meals, blah, 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 blah. It's kind of like knowing that moderation. It's like for Sheila and I, it's like, we do our best to eat clean as healthy as we can. And then sometimes like, you know what, we're going to splurge, but it's like, but we also yeah. check ourselves like, okay, but we're not going to continue doing this. this I have is ice cream be every day. Yeah. Like I literally have ice cream every day. Ice mm. cream, love ice cream, mm. my gem. Um, and, and Blue Bunny ice cream won't sponsor me. Hi, I'll take it. Blue Bunny? Blue Bunny ice Never cream. Never heard of this. All the cones. Mm. I should charge them money for this. Anyway, <laughs> um, and um, I have it every day and people are like, oh my God, you must have such a strict diet. I'm like, um, no, I don't. I drink wine. I and, and But that, you also exercise. But extra, and that's the, but that's the, the mistake though. I'm not saying that counters the bad, I'm just saying that you also don't sit on your ass and do nothing. But, but I, and, but that is a misconception that a lot of people have that they are going to be able to outdo a terrible diet right. with being on a treadmill for 50 minutes, holding on to the freaking thing yeah. for yeah. dear life. Yeah. I'm like, you probably like maybe burned 350 calories there. That's mm -hmm. like two cookies. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. And I don't even like to do that correlation between food and exercise because I think it, it starts to create a very toxic and, um, I hate the word, to word toxic. Sometimes it can be like poisonous, cancerous, yeah. detrimental. Yeah. It can be, it, it can be, negative. it can become, um, like, a, um, a means of justifying eating crap that you're just going to burn it off later. Saying if I eat, if I eat this Snickers now, I'll just do an hour of cardio later. And it can eat to a very, uh, disordered, disordered. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, disordered relationship with food mm -hmm. that a lot of people have that right now yeah. and they don't even realize. Oh, that's not even taking into account the processed food that we have in this country. The amount of, um, we've, we've done, uh, I, I did a garden and now we're growing a lot of our own vegetables, which I don't even like eating vegetables, but, um, but even those those seeds we got, those are not full natural seeds. They are byproduct seeds because it feels like the nutritional value of a lot of our food now is just garbage. But and, and, but here's the thing, though, and and that's the problem also with the messaging. And and I think that that's why it's important. to yeah, speak closer to the oh, mic. You, you can pull it close to you. Um, yeah. That's why I think that that's the problem with the messaging right now, because there's like, oh, processed food is terrible. Well, if that's all you eat. Yeah. Yeah. But but then I think a lot of people don't realize how much processed food they actually eat, though, too. But there, but like oatmeal is processed. So, there, yes. Really? Yes. Yes. Oatmeal is processed. I don't know that. So there are a lot of things that people are like vilifying mm -hmm. as it's processed. It's terrible. The problem. Is that what I sound like? No, not you. <laughs> You're not people. But but I, I just think that what you say is a very good example of mis conception mm -hmm. around food because whenever we start to vilify oh processed food is bad and carbs are bad and you have to do this and you have yeah. to do that you're not giving people the knowledge to make their own choices mm -hmm. and that is the key mm -hmm. 
Because how many times have you been told, and I know the answer to this because I know you, you can't do this. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> you done fucked Challenge. up. You done Challenge. fucked up, Aaron. Don't tell me that. Like, don't tell me that. Challenge accepted, bitches. You know, it's weird that you say that because I feel I'm like at a different point in my life now where that response would have been the normal response. But now I don't because it's like, tell me I can't do something. It's like, it's not that I can't, I just don't want to do it. And I'm not going to let my ego prove me, prove you wrong. I don't care enough about what you have, not you personally. But if somebody says that, it's like, I don't care. It's like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Yeah. And that is what I'm talking about whenever it comes to uh, making choices. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. So what do you genuinely want to do? Yeah, yeah. like I, that's <clears throat> what I tell even the people that I work with. I'm like, I will never, they're like, so what can I eat? And I'm like, whatever you want. I don't know. Like, well, I mean, there, there's so much that goes into this. So it's kind of like, well, what are your goals? What are your fitness goals? Are you wanting to step on that Olympia stage? Then no, yeah, and, it, it takes a different kind of training technique and yada, yada, and, yada. And what do you like? Yeah. What, what do you dislike? What is important to you? Is it yeah. important to you to have a social life? I feel like nothing against you, but I feel like the common mother is not going to want to pursue the training path you've taken as far as stepping foot on the Olympia stage versus I just want a healthy, happy body that I am proud of, that I can, I can, and this is what I feel Neither like a lot of people, I. huh? Neither would I. Yeah, Today, yeah. for yeah, the yeah. stage of life that I'm oh, in, yeah, yeah. you couldn't pay me enough money to go through a pat prep. I'm like, yeah. mm -mm, fuck that. Mm -hmm. It's not fun. It is not fun. And also people don't realize it's not healthy when you step on that stage, you are down to like a single percentile of body fat. But uh, it, it, no, I like what you talked about how different stages of life what were your indicators? Was it you having children that was kind of like a red flag of, hey, I got to change or or was there just some kind of like a, you see, you talking about having an epiphany or come to Jesus meeting. What signals to you, the methodology you've do, used in the past, the mentality, whether it be business, relationship, because even relationships, we're going to get into this, relationships evolve too. Yeah. What were your indicators that something needs to change? So just for a little bit of a background, my husband um, was a professional rugby player for 15 years. Mm -hmm. So, and we started dating like a year or two after I started competing. So I was still kind of like in the beginning of, of my journey and, and so forth. And I mean, Roger was a great rugby player. He played internationally for, for Ireland. And, um, and he's still fit. He still stays in shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, <clears throat> he, he still takes care of himself and things like that. And whenever I start to watch... And, and here's the thing, though, as a like a competitor in the fitness space, you don't get paid to just exist. Mm -hmm. You only get paid if you win. Mm -hmm. If you don't win, it sucks to be you, boo. So it's not like a, a, an athlete contract where you mm -hmm. like, you know, you have some kind of guaranteed. Yeah. Um, and again, I am not an expert on contracts. And I know that it differ depending on, you know, if you're talking NBA, um, NFL, whatever. Yeah. But, you know, you have some level of guarantee. <laughs> And, um, and then I start to pay attention to how Roger lived his life. And I'm like, holy fuck, like, he is a professional athlete too. And he actually has a life. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I start to kind of realize we would go to a restaurant and I'll, I'll get anxious before going to a restaurant because I, like, how do I eat? Yeah, I didn't, what are you going to eat? Yeah. I didn't know how to be kind of like, normal and and i don't even like to use the word normal because normal right now is you know not going to the gym and being severely overweight yeah. so it's like using the word normal it's not really ideal but i didn't know how to be 
normal, even at the standards of being a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, being around a lot of my husband's friends who are all professional athletes as well, I'm like, there is something wrong. And, and, and it kind of like starts to take me back to me growing up and my mom always being on a diet. Like I was 10 years old, I was doing the freaking cabbage soup diet with my mom. And my mom would get a, a love mom, but mom is not the poster child of uh, like a fit and healthy life. Right. Um, and, and my mom would have like a liposuction and she would, I shit you not, she would be recovering from a liposuction, eating a pint of ice cream. I'm like, ma'am, <laughs> this ain't it. Yeah. That's an extreme. <laughs> this is not it. That's an extreme. So, but that's the, what, and it's a very kind of like Brazilian uh, um, mindset. So that's, that's what I kind of grew up around. Mm-hmm. So I start to kind of like put it side by side. I'm like, there has to be a more like normal, not normal, but like middle of the road yeah. way of existing mm-hmm. that it doesn't have, like there are other fit people out there that don't have to do three hours of cardio a day. Yeah. And they're even, not slaves to the gym and a diet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of when it started to like my wheels start turning and then we would go on this. That's funny because um, and we would go on these amazing vacations and I was embarrassed of taking photos like we in a bikini. You. Correct. Why? Because I didn't think that I was good enough, worthy enough, that I looked good enough because I had. Who are you set- comparing yourself to then? When you said I didn't think I looked good enough, good enough for who or whom? For the person that I was when I was in prep, mm-hmm. when I was ready to step on stage. Oh, okay. And, and it's kind of like, oh, people have that's, these expectations. That's so unrealistic though. Correct. And But is it though? Because now, if you put a picture of me now, mm-hmm. two kids later and many, many lessons learned, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm not trying to like toot my own horn, but I feel like I look better now than when I won the Olympia. Yeah, but you have two different perspectives on this one, though. You had one that you were very draconian with your diet, your exercise pattern, but now you've learned, you've educated yourself. You know what works. You know you know your own body more than you did back then. Yeah. But now you take pictures. I see you and Roger going all over the world. You're having a great time. And you, you post pictures like that now. Oh, yeah. You so what changed? You can't get me to keep my clothes on. <laughs> not like that. Not like that. Not like that. Yeah, I, Roger's I know. got like, ah, oh, she's kind of right over there. She's kind of right. Roger's <laughs> Irish, by the way. <laughs> not like that. Bikini, I'm talking about. Um, but what changed though, from the girl you were back then to the woman, the mother, the uh, the business entrepreneur you are now? When it comes to taking a photograph, what changed in your mindset that you don't feel ashamed, like you don't feel like you you feel like you are good enough now? What changed? The confidence of showing up to do the things that I promised myself that I was going to do, because I have set so such more. Uh, um, aligned goals and, and processes. I love, get- I love what you just said about the things I promised myself to do. To me, that sounds honestly, and I, I know you and I are the political thing, but to me, that's true female empowerment. Not other people reaping that praise on you. It's you making that promise to yourself saying, 
I'm going to show up for myself. I'm going to do what the fuck I say I'm going to do. Yeah. And nothing else matters. And then it's kind of funny, not funny, but I think it's beautiful how something like that blossoms into this is true self-confidence. This is true female empowerment. Yeah. It's not this bullshit people throw down your throat of like, you're pretty just the way you are. You don't have to change. Everybody's perfect. It's like, "Ah, well, then if you say that we're all perfect, then that leaves us no room for improvement or to evolve into something better than what we currently are. I love that you're saying that because I have such a beef with the whole messaging of I can go on a fucking tangent. Toxic positivity. I hate toxic positivity. I I have an, it's called toxic body positivity, especially whenever we're talking to, I was going to start fat shaming now hell yeah <laughs> no i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm not i'll you fat ass no i'm just kidding um it, it's it's um the the oh you're you're you're, you're great yeah. and you just like you had two kids and you know it's just you're just so blessed yeah okay i can be blessed i'm incredibly blessed i mean i'm i feel very blessed to have had my kids because it wasn't with my son it wasn't something that just happened yeah um so there I feel very blessed to have the family that I have, to have the health that I have, that I get to do the things that I do. But on that same token, the way that I look at it, we just have one life. Mm-hmm. I do, I like, there would be the biggest waste of existence for me to get to my deathbed and, and to look back and, 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 and oh, I could have, should have, would I call have. It, I call that, I know exactly, I call it the what if theory. If I'm on my deathbed, and I look back at my life and anything I say is, what if I, I failed? It, it could be, you know, Greg Plett, one of his greatest things I always loved about what he had to say was that I tried and failed is 10 times more of a man than I was too afraid or what if, because yes. what if never went to the arena. Correct. And, 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 and that is the problem because now we have a generation of, and I can speak for women because that's what I deal with. I don't know what's going on in the, the, the folks side of things. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, what was this? We just the, glossed in, right over that. And the in-betweens, because right now we don't know what we can talk about, but um, I can speak for the women that I work with. Uh, they, they're like, oh, but I'm telling my daughter that she's just so beautiful. And that she's just the most amazing thing and that she should go after the dreams that she has. Mm-hmm. Yet, that bitch isn't even getting on a photo because she feels like she looks like shit. Mm. I'm like, you can... Talking about the mother? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, not the child. I would have called the child a bitch. FYI. <laughs> Um, now I just meant in the sense of kind of like that, just like uh, I can understand how maybe that could lead to parents inflating a child's level of self-worth to such a magnitude or such a, but, a but, grand level that, you know, when they actually meet life face to face and get put on their knees, it's kind of like, wow, I was really lied to, you know. But, but not only that, the disconnect and the hypocrisy. Mm, yeah. So you're sitting there telling that your kid is amazing and go after your dreams. If you yeah. fail, you get up and you do it again. And then they speak to, I don't know, a business coach, fitness coach, or whatever it is, an opportunity that presents itself. Oh, I'm scared. What if it doesn't work? Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't you take the advice that you gave your child? And Because you- advice is so easy to give and so hard to follow. But the thing that you just said, though, that, yeah, I failed at a lot of things. And oh, it's geez, not, yes. It's not one of those things that, you know, I think people, I think when it comes to fear in and of itself, I saw the same thing in combat that when you get put into this very, very serious life or death situation, failure equates to death in the military. 
over in civilian side of the house, I think we really blow out of proportion what failure actually is or what the result end results could be. If you if you fail at something, it's not death. This is not a you're done. Yeah. It's like, okay, you failed. Good job. You tried something. You fucked up. Not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And I think people are, I think because everything I was talking about this the other day, I think so much of our life revolves around the ego. The ego, it can be our biggest friend or it can be our biggest enemy. And I think when it comes to the the um, discussion of failure, ego is what prevents us from even trying half the things out there. Because I will tell you, like shell shock, it was Josh and I saying, I don't know if this is going to work. We got to put 4,000 down. Let's see if we can make this. And it, it did. It worked. But had we been too afraid to try, we w- I wouldn't be here where I'm at right now doing what I'm doing. You've got to have that ability to say, you know what? The chances are of me failing, they're pretty high. But what if you succeed? Yeah. But what if you succeed? Nobody wants to focus on that single percentile. I didn't even say, I shouldn't even say, but nobody wants to focus on the idea of what if I win? What if I'm a success? Because we get in our minds so much of, I'm probably going to fail, but it's like, but what if you trained your mind instead to think, but what if I succeed? What? Are, but what if we give you a different perspective, even within the failure? Mm-hmm. What if it's not failure, it's a lesson? Yeah. Hundred percent. Because that's kind of like what I. Uh, whenever people ask me, "Oh, well, is there anything that you regret in life?" and I'm like, "Absolutely nothing." Well, yeah, that that involves me. You see, I love that you said that because people like you. Know, I had that. Somebody asked me that the other day. Is like, "Is there anything that you would do differently in your life?" It's like, no. I was like, "Well, that's pretty one side." It's like, no, because I don't sit on my ass and think about that shit because I don't fucking care. Yeah, that's in the past. Yeah, those fuck ups happen. Now I got to focus on the John Burke. 10 years from now, what am I doing in the future to make myself better? And what can you collect for, you know, because uh, listen, made some bad decisions. We all have. Yeah. Questionable at best. But what can I learn from those bad decisions so I can create a a, a 2.0 version of me? Yeah now and 10 years from now, like you're talking about. But that's that's what I'm talking about with the people that sit there and think that they're perfect, blah, blah, blah. So it's kind of like what you just described is the recipe for coming a better you. The other people, the toxic positivity that I can't stand is I'm perfect the way I am. No, you're not. Yeah. There's only one perfect guy and he's not on this earth anymore. He, yeah. he got crucified. But if you want to sit there and say that you think you're perfect the way you are, I don't like being friends with those people because yeah. again, it basically, they don't, I don't think they understand. It's such high levels of narcissism and self-love, quote unquote, it's like, but you're lying to yourself. You are lying to yourself. And this is not how you improve. Imagine going to the gym when you first start your fitness journey and you're overweight, you're morbidly obese. And you look, he's like, I'm happy with myself. I'm done. doesn't work that way. But then it's also, you have to make sure it doesn't go to an extreme of I'm never happy. And I never award myself. I never give myself praise when I do good. You know, there's that, that that fine medium there that people have to kind of tune and hone in on and use that to help kind of guide themselves. Yeah, I think that um, like and it's funny because even just yesterday I was having a conversation um, with a lady, um, you know, she was interested in joining my program. And 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 that's the thing, like even with my program, there is a very like I do a very extensive application process. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about this. And this is good. We're going to segue into the relationship side of this because that's ultimately what this was supposed to be about. But I, I love taking the conversation wherever it goes. But I know in your application process, talk to me about the husbands. We talked about this on the stair step yesterday, and I want yeah. to bring this up. Yeah, we're 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 gonna. Okay. Let me just. I'll I'll, I'll take note of that. So um, there is an application process because I like it, it can become very draining and exhausting, um, especially when. Like I'm the leader within my team of coaches. Even we have a very um, 
I have a, a registered dietitian. I even have a counselor in my team to be able to, I stay in my lane. Everybody stays in their lane in field of expertise, which I think that is something that a lot of more people in the fitness industry should be doing mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, <laughs> ethics, uh, <laughs> but, you know, the whole different conversation. But, you know, I'm not a mental health professional. I am not a registered dietitian. I cannot help somebody who has diabetes. And as the leader of my coaches, I have to keep morale. And whenever I'm just like collecting money from people who are not driven and where I want the end goal more than they wanted themselves, that is like, yeah, it's a quick buck now, but it's detrimental in the long run because it is chirping away the, the confidence even of my coaches. Yeah. And it's not fair. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to it's going to generate a lot more revenue now, but I, I don't care just about the now. Yeah. I want to be here 10 years from now still with my reputation intact. Mm -hmm. So we have a very extensive application process and people are like, oh, oh my God, this is such a hassle. And I'm like, and don't do it. You're it's, welcome it's, not to yeah. do it. It is a privilege because how many people, and, and I don't mean to sound like a dick, but how many people can say that they are training, being trained by somebody who has been the best in the world at the, what they do. Mm -hmm. And who truly gives a fuck mm -hmm. about them. And because I give a fuck so much, th there are a lot of things that I see now segueing into the husband piece that I'm looking at it and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm -hmm. Because one of the questions that never in my mind did I think that I was going to have to ask is, do you need your husband's permission to invest in your health and fitness? And I understand making financial decisions. What together. caused you to ask that question, though? Because I know there's a history with this. You've dealt with this before. Oh, because there are plenty of uh, uh, husband that legitimately. And, and it, listen, if you work in sales, <clears throat> what I do, there is a big element of, uh, um, you know, understanding the sales process. Yeah. Although I don't really give a shit about selling anything to anybody because I think that what we do sells itself right. for itself. Product sells itself. Yeah. Um, but there still needs to be that the process of sale to showcase how we can change somebody's lives. And, you know, there is the spouse objection where people are like, hey, I'm going to speak to my husband. And like, I'm like, okay. Uh, but you would be shocked by the amount of women who actually need their husband's permission. Mm -hmm to invest in themselves. And in a, a lot of times, what I see, and this is no shade, I think that what stay-at-home moms do, it's beautiful, it's amazing, it's incredible. I couldn't do it. But a lot of times, these happens with women who are stay-at-home moms. And they're financially dependent on their husbands. Yes. Mm. And, um, and, and they put themselves in a very vulnerable position because... I trust my husband, but I'm not going to be an idiot. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that it is idiotic, but the amount of posts that I see on Facebook groups of women who have been, you know, financially dependent and have no access to any of the finances of a household for decades. And then they find, they find out that like their husband has a side piece 
and and they're left they don't even have the money for to pay for a, a retainer of a lawyer mm -hmm. so they they don't even have the power to fight yeah so like yeah we can talk about yeah because you just need to fully give yourself because that's true feminine energy all about yeah, cool yeah but there's other things as far as like loving oneself and still remaining or still having a sense of independence within that relationship that I feel like a lot of people, and I'm guilty of this, that you feel like it's no longer I and me it's us. And we, it's like, no, there's still a lot of I in there. There should still be a lot of I and us because essentially that's the reason you fell in love with that person because of their independence. Because, well, I, I would assume, you know, unless you just have this thing for someone that you just want to imprint control. on and yeah, control. Absolutely. And that's the one thing that I've learned in relationships is that if you have someone that is just a yes, ma'am, yes, woman, whatever the case may be, that's not fun. No, it's, it's fun to have someone that you fall in love with, that you genuinely love, that you genuinely want to be around because of their independent qualities, the things that make them them. And it's like, why would you want to, <clears throat> for example, you talk about like growing up watching Westerns and stuff like this. I remember watching this one Western where there's the most beautiful horse on the prairie. And they were like, you know, the whole gang of cowboys, we can't wait to capture it. And the one cowboy was like, no. It's like, why would you want to? It's like, it's beautiful the way it, it is. is. You capture it, you take away what it is. Yeah. And I feel like people forget that. It's like, don't try and take that woman or that man from their, how they are and then put them in captivity and expect them to be the same. It's like, no, not at all. Yeah, and, and there <clears> is <throat> obviously um, the process of growth. And I just want to yeah. be clear that a lot of the things that I'm going to talk about here um, as we start to get into relationship, don't necessarily uh, reflect what my marriage, like I'm not sharing personal details of my actual marriage. I will talk yeah. about if it is, yeah. uh, because obviously my husband, it's very, like he is a very reserved person mm -hmm. and I, I want to make sure that I respect him. It's funny you said that because I said that to you and then I said that yesterday on the show that I said, uh, if you have somebody that you're potentially wanting to date and you know, when it comes to dating, uh, I've, I've been on the dating apps and normally they will have their social media linked and I will always go check their social media because to me, that's a resume. Creep. Uh, no, not at all. Creep. <clears throat> How's it a creep to say, I want to see what kidding. she's posting. Okay. What she's posting, what she's saying, what kind of a personality does she have? What, who does she run with? These are the things that like, it, it's no different than a job interview. It's like, I want to know about you, but not the things that you're going to tell me. Cause you're going to tell me what I want to hear or oh, what yeah. you think I want to hear. I'm going to tell the best, <clears throat> best thing since it's life spread. I'm so Absolutely. Amazing. And then I had to learn in the dating scene that you also don't need to tell them everything right up front because that comes with trust. And I learned that very quickly because people would ask some very in-depth questions. Like, I don't know you well enough. And I, I feel guarded with, you know, my things that I, I want to trust somebody with. It's like, you have to earn that trust. But I talked about that the other day, as far as like, when you see these, these men or women airing out their dirty relationship laundry, I don't care who cut who, I don't care who hurt who it's nobody's business because here's the deal. If that person will air that dirty laundry about that significant other, you're no different. They will do the same thing to you. That is a massive red flag. Stay away from that. Mm -hmm. That is, mm -mm. you know, because ultimately what they're trying to get is validation from the public of people they don't know to try and gang up and dogpile on the person they hate. It's and, not, it's not and, smart approach. Like, and my husband, um, he is like very British. Like he's British Irish and he's very- I was gonna say, if he was South Irish, he would really not like you for saying that. Oh yeah, but Northern <laughs> Ireland is yeah, part yeah. Of, uh, of the UK. Yeah. Like he is like as British as British can be. Like um, him adjusting to my um, poor time management was a challenge. Anyway. I wonder why. 11.30 to 9. I'm still on time. No, you're not.
It's still yeah. on, I love the accent. I'm still on time, man. I'm still on time. <laughs> She's like a female Tony Montana. I'm still on time, man. I was on time. 11.59. Anyway, um, so, and, and like, Roger wouldn't even entertain my crazy. Like, if I tried to pull fuckery like that of, mm. like, airing stuff, he would be like, remove, block, delete. He does not, like, he mm. does not entertain my crazy. He's like, mm-mm, I'm not taking part in that. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that's um, that's kind of like a good balance, and that's why I like to to respect that of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it takes two. It takes two. It takes two to tango. You balance each other out. That's that's why it's. I think men and women. You know, I feel like our society has really shifted focus on focusing so much on the independence of each, but also recognize or failing to recognize that I think male and female energy, when it's in it, when it is in its purest, true form, good form. It's a balance. Yeah. There is a, a balance. Dance. It is a fluid. dance. Yes. It's, yeah, it's, it's a dance. I want to read you this one text here. And now we're going to segue into the relationship thing. I saw this on Twitter going viral. Oh, geez. It's not bad. But it's just one of these things that I feel like I'm not trying to shame women. I'm just saying that I feel like our our current society has this weird twisted version of what looking for a significant other actually is. Who it is you're actually looking for and for what qualities uh, and so this was a text message that was posted. This is real. I saw the guy who posted this. He seemed like a really nice gentleman. And the text message starts out. It says, hi. And then the woman respond, or the woman says hi with a little smiley face. And he responds and he says, hope you had a good day at work. I'm excited for tomorrow. I can pick you up. But if you're not comfortable with that, we can just meet there. I don't know why, but I'm feeling like getting some ice cream in this hot weather. LOL. This is what he said. That's what he said to her. The fact that he said, if you're not comfortable, we can just meet there. I respect that because every day that I've been on, it's like, I'm not going to come pick you up, take your own vehicle because there were some people like, you can come pick me up. And I'm like, that to me is a red flag. You're too trusting. You're way too trusting. A woman that says, come pick me up. My, you're giving away your address. You don't know this dude from Adam. He could be a serial rapist. You have no idea. So I like the fact that he put that, that option out there to make her feel comfortable to say, look, we can just meet there. And that's how men should be. I don't think I, I get chivalry. But we are not back in those days anymore. There's crazy people out there. Like, you just don't know. But this is her response, and this is why it went viral. She said, sorry if this may come off as rude, but I don't, I don't do... I'm about to say something that is probably very rude. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. All due respect. It's like, no, you're not. No, you're not. But she says, sorry if this may come off as rude, but I don't do ice cream dates. What? I'm a 26-year-old woman, and a date like that seems like the absolute bare minimum for me. Meeting up would be a waste of time. <clears throat> Excuse me. Meeting up would be a waste of both of our times since we probably don't have the same vibe. Best wishes. Now. That escalated quickly. <laughs> bro. And she's like, I'm a 26. Bitch, you don't even know who you are. You think 26 is a virtue? Like you've got your shit together? The fact that you responded to this in that manner tells me you are very immature. That blows my mind that you say that I'm 26 year old and that's beneath me. It's an ice cream date. I think that's the best. Um, I respect her for being honest, though. I, I do respect the fact that she was honest with that. But I like I like the idea because I like ice cream. An ice cream date's a very um, it opens the door 
if you enjoy the person's company, you're like, hey, let's go for a walk. Yeah, let's go get dinner. If you think the person is a dick, you finish your ice cream and you're like, thanks, bye, have a nice day. But the thing that's making this go viral though is that basically people are saying that this woman is a wallet writer because she wanted to be wined and dined simply because she is a woman and that is the man's responsibility. The men pays for the dates. So if a man isn't taking a woman out on a bling bling flashy at first date, then he must not be a high value man. That's why this was going viral. I see both sides. Yeah. Um, you know, like for example, and, he, and here's here are my thoughts. Like I, honest, I've been with my husband for 13 years. So I never had to do apps or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I was very content with my own self. Mm-hmm. I like, I enjoy my own company. We need to go back to talk about my hotel stay. Um, I like, I love my own company. I think I'm the shit. Mm-hmm. Like, to, you know, spending co- time with my own self. Mm-hmm. So I never like had to go on date on, on, on like dating apps. But I think that the problem with dating apps is that you have too many options. And, and then you're always um, like, that's the understanding from talking like with you and a few other friends that I have who are, who are single when you were single. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, how do you not have the FOMO, like the fear of missing out mm-hmm. of like, did I make the right choice? So yeah. you're like making a whole bunch of shallow short choices yeah. because you're so like, instead of going 20, like 30 feet deep in a conversation with somebody that you can start to, you know, see something more, mm-hmm. you just kind of, it's like around walking around Costco, Costco, you're not buying anything. You're yeah. just doing the samples and, and you're, ending up with nothing because you're like well what if i buy this one and that one is better but what if i want yeah. this one and 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 i think that that's probably like the problem and then for example as a man i don't think that it's financially fair for a man to you know all the dates that he goes on to wine and dine at the highest level mm-hmm. and 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 on the same token as a woman I want to be like, I, I feel like taking care of, and and I think that taking care and taking you to a nice place is a way to showcase that you do give a shit. Mm-hmm. So um, as a woman, if somebody's kind of like, yeah, let's go to like uh, over there, I'll be like, mm. But I don't think that an ice cream is bad. Like yeah. if you're, if especially you're for a friend, this like, is the first date. I should, I should clarify. This was the first date. Yeah. If you're like, if you're inviting me to, I don't know, like some like skanky ass place, I'm like, nah, man. Yeah. That, there's a difference there. Cause like, let me, let me first put this in the context. Like I said, this is a first date. So a first day I, I like when I was dating, like the first date would usually be coffee. Let's go get yeah, coffee somewhere. I think coffee is a safe Yeah, because that way, like you said, number one, and it's not even about the financial aspect of it. It's the fact that we can cut and run in five minutes. If we don't yeah. like each other, hey, no harm, no foul. It's part ways versus dinner. It's like now we're stuck with each other for at least an hour. It's like, yeah, this is miserable. Yeah, yeah. And uh, um, yeah. But I do want to finish that, that say like there, say like there is a first date, there's an ice cream date and there is chemistry. We get along. Well, then, then it's going to be left up to the woman saying, look, I enjoyed your company. Would you like to have dinner? If she says yes, then it would be, let's go someplace nicer. I'm not taking her to Waffle House. I'm not taking her to Burger King. I'm not taking her to some freaking in and out fast. Absolutely not. It's going to be, let's go have a nice dinner. And that's where I feel like then it should be, you don't have to go high class Ruth's Chris, 
but I certainly wouldn't go Waffle House yeah. because that is an indicator of like, okay, do you, and here's the other thing that I think a lot of men don't get is that, do you have one thing that a lot of men don't these days? And that is class. Do you have class? And I think that applies to women too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, and, and, and I think that even whenever we talk about class, um, it's, it's, it's not about the money yeah. because like, for example, well, you can be classy on a, on a budget. Absolutely. You don't have yeah, to be rich to yeah. be classy. And no, because yeah. I think that a lot of, so just to put into context, um, I, um, and that's one thing that I find that is probably so difficult to date nowadays because you have like all these extreme views, yeah. um, you know, the, it's like, oh my God, I just want a woman that I'm going to take care of and blah, 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 this, that, and the other. And I want a woman, like I quote somebody that wrote something on my Facebook page. If you want to pull it up there, I think you'd be a great uh, conversation. Um, Do that right now. It's, um, I want to, I want, I want a woman that, like that whenever I get home, she has a sandwich ready for me. I don't want to make my own sandwich. And then. What's the Facebook page? Natalia, Natalia Bello. It's um. I'm, let me see what post it was. It was uh. uh you're gonna might have to scroll. There's a, bit. a bunch of Natalia Mellows. Is there? Am I? It's the page. Just go. To, it's a page. Um. And it's like. I don't want to get home and have to make my own sandwich. That's what I have a wife for. I'm like, that's a maid, man. Mm. And 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 then you have the other women. There's like, I'm not gonna do shit for nobody. It's kind of like, can we like. Find somewhere in the middle. In the middle, yeah. <laughs> like, can we just I think not, like- I think that depends on the relationship itself because you know, for example, when I see like okay, when I see a woman that doesn't want to work and she also doesn't want to have kids, that to me is like you just want to be lazy. You want a man to just pad your home and take care of you, and it's like no, that's not the way I think. I mean, because if you if you date that back to like the earlier, this is the post. <clears throat> here we go. Um, do you want to open there? On your okay, own? Natalia. Let me actually get this. Uh, Oh, I spelled it wrong at that. Yeah. And and that's the thing, uh, because like there are men out there openly speaking, I want somebody I'm gonna take care of and gonna make me sandwiches and all that crap. Mm-hmm. And then and nothing wrong. I'm I'll make my husband a sandwich, but like I'm making it because I want to, not because I'm his bitch. Yeah. Um and then and then you have like if a woman comes out and she's like, I want to be taken care of, oh, she's a fucking gold digger. <laughs> So, like, there is no winning for anybody. This is the page, right? Natalia? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. Keep scroll scrolling. down. I'll tell you when, when you get there. A lot of bikini pictures on this thing. A lot of bikini pictures. You clearly are over that. Yeah. Can't keep my clothes on. <laughs> is this the one? Wait, which one? No, no, no. Okay, no, no keep no. on going. June 3rd. June 3rd is the one. Let me pull this down to where people can actually see this on the screen. Hold on. Let me shift over to this scene. Um, isn't it cool how I have this set up? Like, now they're watching the screen there oh, right here. Fine, yeah. Uh, that, June 16th, oh, go back. I, uh, <clears throat> you see the post is on June 3rd. Okay, here we go, June 3rd, right here. Yeah. Some women are out there under the illusion that they have a partnership. When their partner shows them daily, what they have is a dictatorship. Um, okay, so which one of these guys is the one that said this that you me, want me to? Yeah, so it became, like, I, I honestly didn't even think uh, that that was going to become a polarizing thing because I... Anything I, is polarized. Everybody projects on posts like this. They project their own circumstances. Even though you're not talking about them per se or their situation, they project themselves into that situation because they want to be offended. 
Yeah, the the need to be to be offended, it's um it's, oh, yeah. it's quite um troubling. Hold on. Oh. So this uh, my man Billy writes the the husband is the leader of the marriage and submissive women make the best wives. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know how to tell you this, man, my man, but it's 2023. Mm. And um, and he goes, the world we're living in is um, was built by men who had women who stayed home. Um, oh, and then and then somebody comes in like. And said that places in the East don't have um as much divorce and I'm like less divorce doesn't mean increased happiness nor and is it a sign that the relationship is a healthy one in a lot of places they can't divorce yeah and then it's like maybe the divorce rate is lower because there are less opportunities given for women to thrive on their own so they they stay because they need not because they want to or maybe they're scared of leaving because they are afraid of social repercussions of of being a divorcee um so like I that mindset for me is really troubling to expect the woman to be like just off service. You see, this is the part when I read that statement, like women are supposed to submit to men. <clears throat> I mean, it is in the Bible, but I think people mis may misinterpret that because when I see people use it in that context, it means that you have to do everything I tell you to do. Yes. But in the Bible, it also talks about, and I know, yeah, I think you believe, right? Yeah. For the reason I like bringing that up is because most men will reference that, but it also talks about that Jesus says, men love your brides like God loves, like God loves his bride. So it basically means that she's supposed to submit, but not in the sense of she's your footstool, that she's your doormat. It's in a sense of kind of like in tango and anything, it's a team, but there has to be one leader and the leader has to make the decision, but not on their own. It is a team effort to say, what are we doing here? Yeah. And if it comes down to, okay, well, we're both in agreement. This is what we're doing. Yeah. Someone's got to make the decision or you unanimously do, but it's kind of like an, it's like a democracy. You have an elected yeah. leader, but I get that. But I think most men take that and they run with it because essentially they do want to put their thumb on somebody. Like with my girlfriend, I tell her, it's like, <clears throat> I'm not in charge of you. It's like, I want you to have your own life. I want you to have your own friends. I want you to do the things that you love doing. I don't have to be a part of that because I feel like that enables your independence to continue flourishing. But I also want to do things together so we can have both. But I feel like with most men, it's kind of like, no, you need to be at home. You should be doing this. Like, what kind of life you do want a slave? You want a woman that you can control, boss around, tell what to do. And a woman that submits to something like that, that's because, I, yeah, I don't know. I can't get into the weeds on that one, but it's just like, I think men by and large usually are projecting such sincere levels of insecurity yeah. that you're not actually a leader, you're a dictator. There's an yeah. entire difference there. Yeah, and 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 that's exactly um, what I mean. It's kind of like, and, and even within leadership, I think that there are different things, even within a household, that each one is going to be a leader of that specific thing just because they are better at that than yeah. Oh, yeah. than the other. Yeah. And and I think because we have been so uh, brainwashed because of uh, how it has traditionally been done, yeah. that is like the woman does this and the man does this and then that's it. And there is no deviation of that. Um, I think that is incredibly problematic because mm -hmm. now we are seeing, you know, with the increase of options mm -hmm. and that level of control that a lot of men feel because they are quote unquote the leader, mm -hmm. 
I mean, they start to make stupid choices that it can be detrimental to the whole family. So, like, and that's kind of something that I talked about even on that oh, even on that post is, yeah, my husband is going to be the leader for a lot of the things within our house. But if he's like driving me off a fucking cliff, yeah. you better believe that I'm like, yeah, that yeah. about that I ain't coming. I'm in. glad you said that because I feel like a lot of men also don't understand. Like a lot of these young dudes, we have a very, very prominent hookup culture, and I've been a part of it. And I will admit that that was not the smartest thing to do because you do give you do give away a lot of your energy. You give away pieces of yourself when you are sleeping with random partners just for you know hedonistic pleasure society. So you're telling us that you were a hoe. Absolutely. Okay. Oh yeah, I've been with a lot of women. I shouldn't say a lot. I don't know how many it is, but it was. It was. John but it was. Burke is a hood. <laughs> well, the one thing I always. Okay, I'll give you the cheat code to what it is. What it, how you how you sleep with a woman. Here's the cheat code. Honesty. I I know I'm not lying. I will tell you this right now. I went on so many dates where I would tell a woman's like, I don't feel the chemistry. It's like, but I would have sex with you because you are very attractive. But I don't think we'd click. And they'd be like, Yeah, we're cool. Let's do it. Was it good? It, it, yeah, the sex was amazing, but I shouldn't have done it because I felt like when you do that, you are losing yourself. You are not, when some, what is something, what, what creates value? The lack of ability to get to it. When you are just giving it away for free, it has no value. So when we don't value ourselves, then why should somebody else value us? So I learned that lesson and very- And that happens within a marriage too. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But in regards to the hookup culture, these young dudes that are so focused on, and look, I was there, man. I, every young kid in high school, you want to have the hottest girlfriend. You, you know, the girl is what brings you validation. When in fact, we should be teaching it opposite. Men have to work on themselves. You've got to be, you know, it's hard being a man. You, we have the highest suicide rates in the labor market. We have the highest percentage of men working actual manual labor jobs. There are so many statistics out there that men have so much pressure on them. So it's like, yeah, to lead a family, my next question is, what makes you worthy of being a leader? How much work have you actually done on yourself? How many mistakes have you made that you actually learned from that versus you actually, well, is this bitch, blah, blah, blah. It's like, look, man, we've all fucked up. We have all done some really stupid things. But the next question is, what did you learn from it? And that's and, why I feel like if a man wants to be ahead of a household and his woman ain't following, it's like, well, are you a worthy leader? Yeah, and 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 it's kind of like that. Blind, that that's the problem that I have. I'm not a big fan of like hard rules. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The man is the leader, yeah. and, uh, the absolute leader. Well, it's fair to say that, like, if we're talking about leadership, even from like a, a like political landscape, I'm not gonna get political. I'm just saying, do it. No, get political. No, get so political. Not gonna Come do it. Come on now, do it. Um, do it. Get political. And, and I mean, it's fair to say that we've we've made over the years very questionable choices. And we are talking about millions of people making questionable choices. Trillions. Uh, so to to and this is with everybody looking at that person and then in hindsight be like, oh, yeah, we fucked up. <laughs> and then now you're trying to, you know, impose on one woman that a lot of times yeah. getting that relationship um without even knowing herself well enough to know what she's going to stand, what she's willing to stand for and die for mm -hmm. that. She just has to uh, um, blindly follow yeah. that person mm -hmm. and not question. I, I have a very big problem with that, that, that blanket statement that is like, it's just the leader you go. I'm like, fuck that. That was one thing that I learned very on very early on in the army was the uh, don't question why. And I feel like if you're a I good leader, last the day in the army. Like in the <laughs> yeah, you probably I yeah. yeah. Last the day. I, I think though the one thing I learned though was like a good leader, that leader is going to say, "This is what we're doing. 
But he also said, but this is why we're doing it because I want you to understand the commander's intent. I want you to understand why we're doing this because then when you get the whole picture, maybe you can bring something that maybe I didn't see to the table and make it even more effective. So, but then there also has to be the understanding of, but also don't question me. It's like not question the sense of kind of like, let me rephrase that. It's kind of like, don't be rebellious. Don't be belligerent just to be for, just to be belligerent. It's like, we can have common, you know, conversations and stuff. And that's why it kind of like the leader needs to know his place and the subordinate and the military needs to know their place, but how to effectively communicate without crossing those lines. Like, Hey, Sarn, uh, I know we're doing this, but can you, can you tell me why? Cause I just want to understand. And I think most leaders that are not insecure, it's like, yeah, private commander, I'll tell you, this is why we're doing this. But, and then you teach, you make it a teachable moment. Now, if you have that one little shithead that just wants to question everything, just the questions like, dude, shut the fuck up. Just, just stop talking. Yeah, and, and, um, and also I don't even, um, like, I understand that you're making the, the comparison with the military just for like, not saying that's how relationship should be. I'm just yeah. talking about his leadership in yeah. leadership. Yeah. But even like, for example, you, you use the word sub- subordinate. Mm-hmm. I'm not my husband's subordinate. Didn't Fuck. say you were. That, talking no, about no, no. Leo, talking, yeah. But do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and, and I think that because there is that image that is like leader and the peasants. Right. Uh, oh, that's me totally. I'm totally a king. Uh, <laughs> it, that, there, I have my woman down on her knees every day begging me to come out from underneath the bed and fight like a man. <laughs> Sheila deserves a fucking trophy. That woman Sheila's a got it good. She She's got it a, good. A trophy. She she doesn't complain. <laughs> when I take the gag off her, she does. But after that, that rarely happens. I, I rarely let her out of the basement. <laughs> She's going to kill me when I get home. <laughs> She's uh, probably listening yeah, to this right she, now. She, pro- she probably has a whip waiting for him. Like, I'm going to beat your ass. Sheila was like, she was the first woman that I dated that was so into her feminine energy. It was so weird for me because I actually have a woman that cares about what she looks like. She cares about what she smells like. She cares what her hair looks like. She cares about like she's she, the way her posture is. She cares. She cares about how she sits. She wants to sit ladylike. I've never experienced that. And that to me was so refreshing that I was like, wow, like this woman is actually a feminine energy woman. And I love that mm-hmm. because before I dated a lot of tomboys, and I didn't even realize it. And then when you, you meet someone like that, it's like. Then you start to see where the real loving feminine energy comes into your life that kind of fills all the void cracks that they're there to, I'll be on the couch. I won't ask, baby, can I get you anything? No, I'm good. I get it. No, no, I'm up. I'll go get it. And I do the same thing for her. It's it's nice to have that. Yeah, It's, it's nice a, to have someone that is a partner and it's not like I demand any, I don't demand anything. Yeah. Like she even talked about one time she wanted to rub my feet and she was like getting down on her knees in front of the couch and I'm not knocking that. I love that. But I told her, I was like, babe, I don't feel comfortable like that. It's like, yeah. if we're laying on the couch, yeah, but I don't want you on your knees like that. That, that doesn't feel right, right to me. me. That's kind of like, I get that you want to be there for me. And I just, you know, and that was her way of showing love. I am yeah. not knocking that but it made me feel uncomfortable because yeah. like, I don't like you in that role. Like yeah. I want you built up. I want you empowered. I want you confident. I want you out there grabbing life by the short hairs and kicking its ass. And I'm there to help you do that. And you're there to help me. But it, it was just, it was nice to have that feminine energy though, to match my asshole energy. So it's, it's been great. It's, it's interesting uh, because recently, um, you know, um, I, I actually wrote a post. I was like, insecure men don't want to support their partners. And here I talked about fitness goals, mm-hmm. uh, but I think that egos should support your partner in the endeavors that are going to fulfill them. Because yeah. I know that you're very uh, pro Sheila having yeah. her 
like being her own person yeah. and doing, you know, mm -hmm. and, and what I said is like insecure men don't want to support their partner's fitness goals because by keeping their wives insecure mm -hmm. and lacking confidence, they yep. assure absolute control. Confident women don't put up with shit from insecure men. I remember we'd had a conversation a while back. We talked about one of the biggest driving forces why couples fight is money. Yeah. And how, you know, I've, I've spoken to a lot of people, especially men. It's like, would you be intimidated if your wife made more money than you? And my answer to that instantaneously is hell no. Why would it? I would never be. You'd and be I'm shocked. I, no, no, I wouldn't. I know a lot of men would be insecure by that because it does question their manhood. But I also know that, you know, say, for example, women in engineering job, women in, in jobs that basically have, they require more education, more intelligence versus manual labor. And I'm not saying that across the board, but women by far are, are in those professions. They're going to make more money. But I'm okay with that because if we're in a partnership, you know, that's one of those things that if I can hold my own, I've got my own career. And if she's doing her own thing and she's making more, it's like, hell yeah, because now we're both going to benefit from this. And it's not that I'm saying that you got to spend your money on me, but I know for a fact, we're going to go do nicer things. And as a team, it's like, I'll cover the vacation. You cover the hotel and drinks. And now we both benefit from this. Yeah. You go, you want to go buy a car? You don't like, I don't even believe in share bank accounts. I don't, I think that that's one of those things of like, you have your money, I've got mine. We can meet in the middle and make sure the bills are covered. But that after that, that's your money. You earn that money. I don't have a right to that. And that's the problem. Um, I'm very much of the same um, school of thought with, um, you know, like, I, I, I'm not going to hide my, from my husband how much I have on my account. Yeah. And I don't want him to yeah. hide from what he has on his account. Mm -hmm. um, but, but I just think that it's... Um, It's a, it's a bit, what, what if I, I just want to buy me myself a little something, something, yeah. you know, like, mm -hmm. uh, um, and, and, and I feel a bit uncomfortable with having that, the power of choice being taken away from me because I have to justify. Cause but that's it, why that guy should be with you. Cause he trusts your power of choice. He trusts that you're going to make the fine, the financially responsible decisions. Yes. Okay. So and if he doesn't, you should not be with her and she should not be with him. And then it brings me back to the story that I was telling you about. So um, in my application process mm. for um, joining my program, one of the questions is, do you need your husband's approval, support, mm. whatever the hell you want to call I'm it. I'm glad you tied this back into that because, yeah. And, um, and listen, if you need to, like if, and I understand there are a lot of women who have wasted a lot of money in fitness bullshit. So I understand yeah. a husband wanting to be part of the decision making. And I have become friends actually with a lot of the husbands that have joined the call. Yeah. Uh, like I've had it's a, a team effort. That's good. That That's really good. They're getting involved. Cause it's like, I, I want to see my, it. but I want to be a part of this. Like, that's good. I love it. Like there is actually a husband, Colin, he's, um, Colin and Pam, they're actually in, in Texas oh, nice. and uh, in McKin Frisco. And um, the, he was in the call. And then after that, I had to have another call to discuss something else. And then Pam is like, oh, just like talk to Colin. So I had a call with the husband, just mm. the husband. And we're like chatting and like he's actually telling me a few things that she hadn't reported to me that um, she was struggling with the program. He was telling her. her. He was telling he was her straight a little up, bit. No, but he did that out of love, though. He yeah, wants yeah, to see no, her no, succeed. No, but yeah. he, he wasn't like a telling. Yeah, he know, was just I like, um, I don't I was like, oh, she's doing good. Anyway, but he wasn't telling on her. He was very supportive. And I can mention several husbands. So I can respect a man that has like being willing to be part of the process so he can be part of the decision making of the outcome. Yeah. Even if that is a no. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I respect the shit out of it because it is a man who shows that he gives a shit. He shows up for his partner and vice versa. Yeah. So I had a call with a lady and um, one of my questions is, do you need your husband's permission or approval or go ahead in order for you to to move forward if you think that this is a good fit? And I hate having to even ask this question. And I say, I'm like, listen, I hate this question. Absolutely despise it. But I have to ask because I don't know what's going on in your house. And she's like, yeah, my husband would need to be part of the decision making. I'm like, cool. We good. So for the next step of the application process, I would need him to be part of the process. So, okay, I'm going to get him here. So the morning of when we were all supposed to meet, she sends me uh, an email saying something along the lines, I'm going to paraphrase. Oh, I had a, an extensive discussion with my husband and he trusts my judgment of what I'm going to do. We talked a lot about what, um, you know, what I, I want and what I'm struggling with, blah, 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 this, that, and the other. So for that reason, he's not going to be part of the call. Cool. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? He trusts her judgment. Mm -hmm. We have the call. The woman is like, oh, my God, this is amazing. This is the best thing ever. Um, and then she enrolls. Mm -hmm. An hour later, which is kind of like the time for the husband to get home, she like she sends me an email. And you could tell that it was almost like a semi-desperate. She was very cool and collected. Mm -hmm. But you could tell that it was a, a very like disappointed language that her husband had not been uh, approving of her decision. So he didn't trust her. Correct. He trusted her to make the decision he wanted her to make. Correct. Yeah. And then uh, I'm like, oh, but you mentioned that you spoke with him. She's like, yeah. Um, so I was like, do you want to get on a call? And then maybe we can find somewhere in the middle. Well, long story short, he basically told her a flat no. Uh, I was, I was... I trusted you to make the decision, but not to move forward without my permission. So he didn't want to be part of the process. He wanted to give her the illusion that she yeah. was making the decision. Mm -hmm. And it's it's beyond me. Mm. And this is somebody who literally, like in the, the process, I was like, so how is it impacting for you to not be where where you want to be? And she's like, oh, I can I can definitely see it impacting my career and me not even being able to, you know, go in the direction that I want to go of starting my own thing because I don't have the confidence to put myself out there like that. The fact that she even wrote you that second email is I mean, I would I would throw that in her face. Like, look, the fact that you're doing this right now. That 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 basically showcases why you're in the situation you're in now. You're letting this guy control you. I'm sure you let other people control you. Why don't you stand up for what it is that you want and do it? Yeah. In in addition to that, as we were talking, and whenever I'm like I'm asking her questions, like what, uh, how long has this been going on for, and and things like that. Since I got married. Yeah. Why'd you marry him? Because I have to take care of everybody. Yeah. And then I'm like. How are you going to be able to take care of everybody if you're not taking care of yourself? Yeah. And that's something that I cannot like wrap my head around. And I've written about this on social media. And then you have like the the, the brigade coming. You're a fucking feminist. <laughs> I don't think that this is being or not being a feminist. Yeah. I think it's combating toxic masculinity. And there is such a thing as toxic it's masculinity. Autonomy. But I think, yeah, autonomy as well. I think that 
in today's day and age, there have been like these new, these new podcasts do so much about trying to pit men and women against each other for the ultimate reasoning of seeing who, which one is better, which sex is better. When in fact, it should be more so of how can we work together as teams and couples to make each other better? And that's, I feel like the dichotomy we should be focusing on, but it's better for people out there as far as numbers, ratings, social media viewership to have this gotcha moment on like a dude or a woman slam dunking on each other. But there are times that I feel like certain discussions have to be had because there was this one viral clip of this woman saying, I want a, um, I want a conservative style husband that's more liberal. And I'm like, so you want a traditionalist but yet you want a progressive and I'm not trying to get political, but there was this other guy who made a point. He's talked about like this woman. He's like, you're very, you're very feminine. Like you're very, uh, you're more of a feminist. You like progressivism. She goes, yeah. She goes, but you want a traditional man. She goes, yeah. I was like, but you're not a traditional woman. How are you going to get a traditional man? I would disagree with that uh, on that last part, because mm -hmm. for example, if we're following, following specific traditional roles, woman stays home, bakes and cooks, yeah. takes care of the kids, the man goes out, works, and, and all that and the other. And that is not the world that we're living in right now. And that's okay. not even a world that I know you, you wouldn't be okay with living because if Sheila came to you today and she's like, I'm going to quit working, you'd be like, the fuck? <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah. so, like, and, and that's the problem that I have because I don't think that evo evolution... Yeah. Is uh, um, is problematic, and I don't think that it needs to be labeled as feminist or or traditional or whatever the fuck it is. Mm -hmm. Because I think, especially in a relationship, as you grow older, mm -hmm. the roles are gonna like change a little bit, yeah. and dynamics are gonna change a little bit. So, what does that mean? That the moment that it stops being like quote unquote traditional, yeah. then you're just going to get the fuck out and be like, peace, like, because not traditional anymore. Economic so circumstances definitely play a heavy role in that because a lot of families these days can't afford to have a mother stay at home with the kids. Now she has to go out and work just to be able to now pay for childcare, but as well as add in a few, a couple of extra hundred bucks to pay for gas, to pay for growth, because the way the economy is going right now, so many people like, I have to get a job. And that's the problem because yeah. we're holding on to traditional roles mm -hmm. with the expectation that women are also going to go out and work and come home and take and care of the kid. And, yeah, like, yeah. and, and, and there is data actually on that, that it almost becomes a two full-time job. It is. So if you've ever stayed home and taken care of kids, that is a full-time job. That is not something that people should look down their nose. and like, that's all you are. It's like, uh, yeah, good luck with that. I would I'm absolutely not. That's so, hard. That's hard. So, and that's why I said that I don't necessarily agree, especially with the last statement that you made, because if, if somebody is, well, I'm sorry, hold on. Let me give you context on this. This was a single girl in her, 20s that didn't really have much of a career but she didn't want kids but she did want a traditional man it's just like you're not a traditional woman you don't want kids that's that's what a traditional man would want yeah yeah i and should i should clarify that one yeah, i'm sorry because, I, I gotta get put because i think on that. that whenever you you're you're making again i'm not saying you i'm taking yeah. you the universe you uh making black and statements it's like oh a traditional man it's not going to want a progressive woman and blah, blah, blah. But the fact that women are now working outside of the house is progressive, is progressive yeah. in itself. Yeah. And it, it has nothing to do, um, you know, with what I believe, like I see feminism as it is today. Yeah. Um, feminism gets like such a, I think when, when you, when you say the word feminism, what's the first thing that pops to your mind? The very extreme uh, right. ones. Yes, um, and, exactly. And I think that that's the problem because yeah. I think the essence of what the movement um, 
is supposed to be yeah. um, is is being lost in translation because you have the extremes um, that are like out there with hairy pits and like freaking blood dripping down their legs. I'm like, this ain't it, my friend. Yeah, that I, that's not empowerment. That's not, that's, that's yeah. not. That's you're being, not, you're being rebellious just to be feminist. That's, that's, yeah. Yeah, like I don't necessarily um, like agree with that. And that's why sometimes I'm a bit reluctant to even use the, the word feminism yeah. because I think that it can, it, it's, it's, it's very easy to get lost in translation and people get so caught up on the minutia of what mm. that word means that they forget what we're trying, what is being trying to accomplish yeah. because it's not fair because then you have like all the responsibilities because now you have a woman who has had to give her body mm. and, and lose her sense of self because pregnancy is hard, man. Yeah. I can tell you that it's fucking hard. Um, and anybody's like, Oh, but you should be blessed. I'm fucking blessed, but I still think it's hard. <laughs> right. Um, so you give your your body and then you also to a certain extent have to give some of your career because mm-hmm. um you become at least in the in that first stage you become the default uh caretaker yeah. in most uh situations mm-hmm. um regardless of what kind of household you have because especially if you're breastfeeding i mean i don't care what anybody out there has to say but there's just one pair of tits that can produce milk <laughs> I agree. So, you know, so, and then, but then she has to go back to the workforce and then make money to pay for the childcare. But then she also has to serve and have the sandwich ready and, and, you know, be a servant and follow the leader. But the thing is that by blindly follow the leadership of somebody, whenever she might not necessarily agree, is jeopardizing the thing that she is sacrificing herself because it's part of her money too. Yeah. So and the other thing fair. is like, I can't, I can't imagine being a man that has a wife with kids that she has to go out and work too. But then when you both get home, you sit around and watch TV while she's doing everything else. I mean, to me, I think that's good leadership. It's not like that you're out the front telling them where to go. You're out front leading them with them, doing it with them saying, this is what we are doing, but I'm going to lead you versus that dude should be like, okay, you're doing the, you're doing, you're cooking dinner. I'm washing the dishes. I'll do the laundry. We'll get this thing knocked out. But that's not traditional. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, because that's just that's a different situation. Yeah, yeah, and and that's not traditional. If we get away from the traditional, let's let's get away from the labels. I would just say it just boils down to just being a good partner, being there for your spouse, you know, contributing, doing more than your share of what you can do to make it a more flowing household. Because with kid, when you throw kids in the mix, everything gets fucked. Everything gets fucked. Do be fact. <laughs> Do be fact. And that's why it comes down to like, and that's why it's so it's so important when you're dating. When you are dating that person and you ask yourself, could I see myself having children with this person? Even if you don't want to, but if the answer to that is no, because they don't attri- they don't showcase the characteristics that you could see that that person's a team player, they will pull their weight. They will make sure that I, that we're meeting halfway on this. If that's the case, you should not be with them. Do you know what was, uh, what was the question that I asked myself, especially when I was competing, being featured in a lot of magazines and, you know, um, and, I was the girl in the magazine, mm-hmm. and but I didn't want to be in a relationship with somebody who was dating the girl in the, in the magazine. magazine. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And did I ever tell the story about the guy who had the magazine did in the backseat? Yeah. Did we talk about that in mm-hmm. the podcast last time? You can talk about it again. Um. So and and then I was dating this guy, and then I get in his car, and this motherfucker has a whole bunch of magazines in his backseat that are all the magazines I'm in, yeah. and I'm like, yo, like, what is that? Mm-hmm. And then he goes. Oh, it's like the magazines should show my friends. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, 
This is weird. Yeah, yeah, I can appreciate the being proud, but that's kind of like next, like that's next level. I, I'm not. That here just for tells it. you that's a dude that is mad. Well, I mean, don't be wrong. Imagine landing somebody that you look up to. Imagine being with somebody that shows interest in you. That is such a huge bonus for your confidence. But a guy, and this is what I'm talking about. Like a guy has got to be very confident in himself. He has to be accomplished because you can. You should be able to look at something like that and say, "That's awesome that she sees that in me." But I don't blame her because I see that in myself. I know my value. I know my worth. But I respect the fact that she sees it and she's intelligent enough to see that. And that means she's somebody I could probably get along with. But I don't think most do. I shouldn't say most do. But I think a lot of people probably wouldn't see it in that light yeah. instead of, a, oh, look, what I this is my new toy. Yeah. And I get why that would be very off-putting. Yeah, it was very off-putting. And, and, you know, that was something that kind of made me feel funny even to date whenever all of that was happening because it happened all very like very fast i did my first competition and then like literally the following month i was almost in every single fitness magazine that there is mm -hmm. and then a few months after that i had been flown to uh, california to shoot for flex magazine and um what's it, muscle and fitness mm -hmm. on a big thing that they used to do top 10 fitness model in the country and i ended up making to one of them after being in the industry for like two days mm -hmm. so it all happened very fast um and and one question that i would always ask myself is like would this guy stick around if i got very sick and i was not able i i, I was no longer the girl in the magazine yeah would he be like, would like it, do you actually love me for my personality correct which for you i would imagine is a very difficult thing to deal with rude <laughs> oh. All right, that's it for today, guys. Gotta go. Bye. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? You've openly said this. Don't yeah. even. I didn't say it's a bad thing, but you definitely have that very out front personality, which is weird because you talk about how Roger is the exact opposite. You two are totally flip flopped. Yeah, he's but, more he's more chill, more passive. He doesn't take things so seriously. But he keeps me on my toes. I was about to say though, he does have that ability to freaking. Yeah, like he like Roger has very um, strong boundaries, and that was one of the things because because of my personality, I knew that um like a lot of the guys that I dated, they became my bitch. <laughs> <laughs> now hold on, they became your bitch because you made them your bitch. They allowed themselves because Correct. you tried to flex to see how far you could get away with it. And that's why, man, uh-huh. Yeah, you're over there making oh, those eyes you like, me, a little Cheshire cat, like, no, no. You know damn well, you, your person, because I'm like a kid. Huh? It's like a kid. Yes. You push the boundaries. You're going to see, see how, how far, you, far can... you can push that envelope. Yeah, yeah. But, I think but that in marriage, think... that doesn't apply anymore, by the way. Like, I don't think that, because I think that that's counterproductive. Um, So pushing boundaries in marriage, I don't think. But whenever you are starting a relationship. But at least establishing boundaries. And that's why boundaries are so important, I feel like. Because there's another thing I wanted to talk to. And we're going to end the episode on this. Did you see the Jonah Hill thing? Oh, yeah, I did. I, I thought that was like, there's very, there's two sides on that one. Cause I don't think that he's all right. And I don't think that he's all wrong on that one because I think boundaries, it was very interesting to see how a lot of people were talking about, you know, you don't put rules on a relationship. It's like, yes, you do. They're called boundaries. And it's not that you're enforcing said rules or I'm saying you have to do this. It's saying, if you want, if you want to be with me and I want to be with you, these are the boundaries. These are the things that I cannot turn a blind eye to. These are the things that would bother me. Most people are like, I don't want you talking to your ex. That's a boundary. I think that's a very healthy, respectful boundary. So it's kind of like people instantaneously, especially the feminists are kind of like, oh, he just wants to rule her. It's like, but I read what he was talking about. He was wrong. 
because he talked about how she was a professional surfer. He doesn't want her posting her pictures in her bathing suit with other guys on the surfboards. Like, but dude, you knew what she was. You can't go in there and change that. Yeah, you, yeah, that that right there is like, you're wrong. But I do respect the fact that it said, but these are my boundaries and they broke up. But then she yeah. posts this like a year and a half later. It's like, okay, you're just looking for attention at this point. Yeah, uh, because I can I can very much, for example, see that <laughs> funny the this the the guy from the magazines whenever like it was right in the beginning when i was starting prepping for shows and i was like yo you call me i don't answer it's because i'm fucking busy yeah don't call again mm -hmm. i'm probably in the gym yeah i'll get back with you monday through friday i can't go out to eat because at the time that was when i was like starting Train. to get it yeah. yeah um and what does that what does the dude do blows up my phone when i'm in the gym i'm like this ain't it. Yeah. This is not it. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm like I'm big fan of boundaries. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing, kind of like going back to the beginning of the conversation. People who have confidence are comfortable setting boundaries because they know what they're like what the, what they can bring to the table. They are yeah. very aware of what they can bring to the table. Some people are a bit more delusional than others, thinking yeah. that they have a lot yes. more to bring. Yes. And they're like, ooh, I'm the shit. I'm like, I love, I love how people do that. And if you call them on that, then you're suddenly just a horrible human being. It's like, but when you have actual tangible proof and evidence saying, I have a good paying career. I take care of myself. I'm in shape. I do a lot to invest in working on myself. I know I bring more to the table than just an appetite. And if you sit there and say that you don't, and then, you know, I don't see any of this evidence of how empowered you are through any of your accomplishments, anything that you have to show proof. It's like, so in your own mind, you think you're empowered. In your own mind, you think you have value, but you don't have anything to back that claim up. And I think when a lot of people come to the table with that and say like, look, this is who I am. This is what I have to offer. And somebody else comes to the table saying, well, I don't really care much about stuff like that. It's like, well, then I probably don't want to be with you because I, like, why would, it's not necessarily because they haven't accomplished anything. Maybe somebody's on their, their own journey. We have different times that we hit and accomplish yeah. certain things. So I'm not knocking that. But what I am knocking though, is kind of like if I was dating a woman that had that mentality of, eh, it just tells me that when I'm taking a hard knee, you're not going to be there to push me. Like, I'll be there to push you. Like you could be like, I, we, Sheila and I do this to each other. Sometimes we get into a little funk and it's like, ah, uh -uh. No, you're better than this. Like, yeah. I know you, I know your capability. I'm not letting you settle. You can yeah. do better. And that to me is what having a partner is all about. That somebody's going to like, I love you enough to, to get the fuck up and keep fucking going because this is not you. And, 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 and I think that even that differs in different relationships as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. like even that kind of support that every person needs, because like, for example, for me, I can speak for myself and like. I'm very driven and self-motivated. My problem is, is stopping and smelling the roses. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's hard. And and um and that's kind of where Roger balances me out. If he sees that I'm like go 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 like I'll I'll go 120 50 thousand miles an hour and not stop. Yeah. And then he was like, "You got to enjoy the fruits of your labor, otherwise, what's the point?" And then he's like, "Okay, but um, like, are we gonna go to the park with the kids?" Yeah. And like he he keeps me on rem reminding me of what the things what matters. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and it's and, easy to lose sight on that because yeah. we become so driven towards being successful. But it's like, but why do you want to be successful? And I feel like that's where the ego comes into play. I don't think is, that is the success per se is the goal. Goal. I'm yeah. Very goal. Well, the goal can be equated to success. Like you, when you accomplish your goal, that's success. Mm, but then there is another goal. So at what point does success actually is success? Because, you know, if you are, because there is the difference of, you know, uh, 
just a go and being go driven because if you just have a go you get to that go and you're like yeah peace out and then you don't right. have the next go after that. Mm-hmm. But if you're a goal driven, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. you're, it's, you're, you're, saying, yeah. you're, you're constantly moving the goalposts. Yeah. Te- technically speaking, which yeah. that's very much, oops, how, how I would be. Yeah. And, and Roger is constantly like, before you go up to the next goalpost, let's enjoy this success. Yeah. Like, yeah. have you like, let's, let's go to the park and ride the bike. Let's, let's yeah. take the kids in a bike, uh, to school mm-hmm. and, um, you know, in, in a trip, uh, let's let's travel and let's do this little thing just you and i so he he really is i don't need somebody to be like oh my god you're amazing and uh, keep it up i i don't really care for that Mm -hmm. uh but i do care the fact that he cares about me enough to be like yeah stop and enjoy life a little bit because i don't want you to get 10 years from now and regret the things that you haven't done on a more personal level and lose sight of the things that matter and they're here for you right now. So he, 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 I, I, I joke saying that he, you know, whenever you play, um, you go bowling that they're like the bumpers on the side. Mm-hmm. He's like my bumpers and I'm His like bumper. the crazy, the crazy bowling ball going. What do you think you bring to the relationship to benefit him? Uh, my, my drive, mm-hmm. uh, my drive. Um, but how does that benefit him? Because I believe in him, uh, that he can literally do whatever okay. he wants. Nice. And um and and Roger is would be very like methodical and like he he's a perfectionist and he will not do anything unless he is a hundred percent sure that is going to be absolute perfect. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I admire that and um but but I think that a lot of times you're not gonna know even if it is perfect until you get the, your hands dirty. Yeah. So um, I would be more the the spontaneous, the the like the the personality. Right. The, I just, so he's the grounded one, and you're the one that comes and says, like, "You know what? Let's do something crazy." Oh yeah, like mm-hmm. I'll get home and I'm like, "The kids are off school Monday. Let's go to this, that, and the other." I already booked the trips. Let's go. Where's your passport? Like that's <laughs> yeah. kind of how how I operate. And he's like, "Okay, but what about these snacks for the kids?" <laughs> So he he thinks about like right. I think from A to Z, and then he's kind of like organizing anywhere yeah. between after B. It sounds like you balance balance each other out very well. Yeah, yeah, That's it's good. it's a lot of constant work as well because yeah. I know that I can be very intense. If you guys have not noticed, I didn't say a word on that. I'm talking to them. Not <laughs> to I already know. Yeah, I already know. Um, and and so it, it's it's a very good. And y'all put in a lot of work. Marriage isn't easy. Oh, fuck no. Anybody that said, like, it pisses me off. Oh, we're just like the happiest person on the planet, people on the planet. And it's just so perfect. Marriage is just like this perfection, everything. Lies. <laughs> Lies. There was this old, there was a, uh, an old preacher I used to listen to. He said, we'll have fish hooks in our elbows. Yeah, we're always hooking something. We're always hooking somebody. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the brother sister syndrome. You're around each other so much. Eventually you are going to start rubbing each other the wrong way. And you got to start learning how to live with each other, how to balance each other out, how to kind of also say that, you know, I I like the fact that she can chill on the couch and scroll on her phone and watch movies and I'll be in the room gaming. Like we can have that time apart that we need. Like we don't sacrifice our individual passions, our individual loves simply because we have to be attached to the hip 20. No, you don't. You should still be able to say, you know, she'll she'll go and have a girl's night out with her girls. Like absolutely go for it. And and I I love that you say that because I think that that's what happens a lot of times in relationships. And get suffocated. um, That in the beginning, you just want to be together all the time. It's just so cute. 
And then you start to lose your individuality. Yeah. And then like you start to feel like you're dating yourself yeah. and you're not, you're not challenged. Yeah. And now imagine that in one year, two years, three years, 10 years, like 15 years, 20 years. Yeah. And then you add kids to the mix and then you add, like I'm talking from a woman's perspective. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you add kids and sometimes a level of financial dependency at some point, which is going to create some kind of yeah. imbalance, especially if the woman at some point has been more independent. Mm-hmm. So you start to lose yourself in that process. And what I've noticed a lot of times with women, again, talking about from a woman's perspective, is that people are like, are not content in their own company. Mm. They don't know how to be alone. Yeah, Like they don't know how to go to a restaurant and have a meal on their own. Yeah. And, and that's kind of, I found that to be one of the most, I don't want to say empowering, but kind of nicer things. Like I, when I was first single again, um, I never thought about going out alone, but then I kind of was like, you know, I want some Mexican amazing. food. And then you get so into it that you just don't even realize you're doing it and you don't care. No, I, you don't I, care. There's nobody looks at you. Like everybody's like, oh, everybody's looking. Nobody gives a shit, shit about you. Like, nobody gives a damn about you. Do be facts. Yes. Exactly. So it's kind of like going out to eat on your own. There is nothing wrong with that. And, and I think when, even whenever you look at history, okay, as a whole, most big leaders, you know, you look at Nelson Mandela, you look at uh, Gandhi, you look at a lot of him, the your 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 man there from like Germany area, but was a leader, not in the good side, but a leader. They all came with great ideas and clarity on what is next after a moment of solitude, mm. because it brings a lot of clarity and it allows you to be you right. without outside influences. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that, um, you know, w- women get so caught up on the thing. I'm, I need to do this for the kids. I need to do that. Like, let it go. Mm. Allow your partner to be a parent mm. um, and, and don't lose yourself in that process and remove yourself from, you know, if you're feeling overwhelmed, I was feeling overwhelmed. Roger was away. He went to Ireland with my son and I was by myself with my daughter. Work has been busy. And you know, when you, I didn't even know what to think in my mind on what's next in business, in life, in anything, because it's, it's been so reactive on, on what to do next Mm -hmm. that I haven't had time to just be. Yeah. And have clarity on even what I like and what I don't like. And before he gets to a point that I completely lose the whole thing, I'm like, <laughs> I was driving him to the airport. I'm like, um, I need a retreat. And he's like, the fuck is that? <laughs> um, and I was like, I need, um, I don't know what that is, but I need to go somewhere. And he's like, oh. Is it okay. the hotel room? Yeah. So I'm like, I, I'm literally spending the weekend in a hotel doing nothing. I'm just going to bring my laptop, a notebook. I'm going to journal. If I want to work, I'm going to work. If I'm going to journal, I'm going to journal. If I want to order room service and drink wine, that's exactly what I'm going to do. If I want to go to the gym the next day, they have a great gym. But I feel like people are constantly trying to do everything for everybody that they don't even know what fulfills them. Yeah, self-care. Yeah, and I think that there is beauty, and 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 that's the thing because they're afraid of being alone. I was for the longest time. 
Because for me, it was, you start to hear voice, not, not physical, not, but you start to just think about things that kind of drive you crazy and you got to get those thoughts under control. And it's, it's, but that it's was my, powerful. <clears throat> it is, it's very powerful because I, 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 the first thing that really helped me get over a bad relationship and just in general in life was a think tank or excuse me, a float tank that if you've never been to a float tank, they are, it's basically a sensory, uh, I wouldn't say overload, but it can be for some people, but it's like sensory deprivation. You go into a tank that has about six inches of water. It's no bigger than your arms across and it, you know, you can, you float, it's full of salt water and you float in it. And it's only like six inches deep and you can touch the sides and you know, you can turn the lights completely off and it's complete darkness and silence. Nothing. You can't even hear any, all you hear is the water. So if you lay there and you don't let yourself fall asleep, it is the weirdest thing, but you start to kind of like your mind is a desk you start to open the drawers and go through the papers one at a time. Mm -hmm. And you start to question yourself of why do I feel like this? Yeah. And I call it the three levels of why. Why do I feel like this? Well, this is why. Why? Because of this. Why? And you start to break down a lot of the issues in your life and why they are bothering you. And I will say nine times out of 10, every answer I came up with was ego. It was ego driven or insecurities. Yeah. And that that's the part of like, you have to do self work. You have to, I don't say you have to go to a tank, but you have to ask yourself <clears throat> those hard questions because when people are afraid to ask those hard questions, it's, it forces them to have a, a, a reconciliation with themselves and see themselves for what they are. And I will tell you this, a lot of people out there do not like what that reflection has to offer. So rather than see that reflection, say I'm changing that because I don't like it. They instead just don't want to self-reflect. And, and then they never change. They do. They do. <clears throat> they make excuses by getting busy. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, hundred percent. Yes, right, they will. Like, they will keep their mind occupied because they don't want to. And I, and you know, it's weird that you say that because I feel like a lot of the reason those voices exist, those self doubts exist, is we create them. But I think it's our subconscious doing that for a reason, saying you need to get better at this. You yeah. are dealing with this. It's like that yeah. splinter. It's a mental splinter yeah. and it's there. And until you actually focus on it, it's going to keep being there. And you can you can keep the, the hands occupied. You can keep the mind occupied. But when you're alone in that room and there's nobody talking, you don't have your phone, that voice is there and you still haven't dealt with it. Yeah, and and, and it's awesome that you're saying that because that's um, what, what I see with, again, women, because that's what I work with. Um, Oh, because I have this and then I signed up for that and yeah. then I have to take the kids here and then I and, and I don't want to outsource this and I don't want to outsource that and I want to do this. And I'm like, why is it that you're keeping what yeah. are you running away from that you're keeping yourself so busy mm -hmm. that you do not? Is it to justify is like the mental masturbation that it comes from? Oh, I can't do that because I'm just so busy yeah. and be that doing that work taking care of your body, taking care of yourself, eating in a way that aligns with your goals. I don't like, it doesn't matter what that is, but I find that a lot of people are adding a whole bunch of shit that yeah. is irrelevant and yeah. it's not going to get them to where they want to go because it gives them like the freaking butterflies and like that false sense of accomplishment by doing a whole bunch of shit that don't matter. You want, you want to do hard work, work on yourself. That's hard work because again, it faces it forces you to face your humanity. It forces you to face your imperfections because again, like that mom, like you said at the beginning of the conversation, you're awesome, you're amazing. Well, one of the hardest things in life is when you wake up and you realize she was lying. You ain't special. You have to make yourself special. Yeah. You're not, you don't come out of the vagina and suddenly, boom, I'm special. No, nope. 
You have to make yourself different. And that's what people don't realize that that comes with self-work. So when it comes to men wanting to be leaders in relationships, how much internal work are you doing on yourself to make you a leader worthy of having a woman saying, I trust you enough that I think that you will provide. I think you will protect me. I think you will respect. You'll love me. You'll take care of me. Therefore, I will submit in a sense of I'm going to fall back into my feminine energy and I'm going to give you that because I think that's one of the greatest gifts outside of children that women can give to a man is that true, raw, unadulterated, 100% uncut Colombian bam, bam, femininity. When she gives that to you, that's basically trust. That is complete, unadulterated love and unconditional love and trust. Because when it comes to the difference of men and women's love, women love way deeper than men, way deeper. And I think that is genetically programmed because men are made in the olden days, we're meant to kill. We're meant to dominate. We're meant to destroy. We're meant to build. We're meant to do all these things. What we're not meant to do is to love on the level that women do. Because when men are in foxholes dying, they ain't crying out for dad. They're crying out for mom. And I think there's something so beautiful about that. But when we try and separate ourselves and say, oh, we're equal in these aspects. No, we're different. We're equal, but we're different. And we should ex- we should definitely hone in on those things that make us different. And that's why we become so cemented and we're like yeah. puzzle pieces. Yeah. But when we say that, oh, we are the same thing. No, we're not. Because the same thing doesn't fit. You have to have a square and a peg to work or whatever. You know what I'm talking about. And when people don't do that or they don't that see that, look right. that did not look right. I was thinking puzzle pieces or the square peg into the round hole, not whatever. I'm talking about fucking, there we go. <laughs> but no, I just think that there's, there's something so beautiful about a woman's femininity when she actually trusts a man enough to give him that. Yeah. And if your woman is not giving you that, I would question why. And if the answer is that you're not being a leader worthy of it, or she can't, there's a disconnect. Yeah. There's a disconnect. Yeah. And, and I think that just to add to that um, is especially when you're talking about two people, um, you're talking about two people who probably come from very different upbringings. And and for example, even for Roger and I, very culturally different. Yeah, Brazilian versus Irish. Oh, we're like sassy, we're salty, we're loud. Mm. And like, it's funny, even whenever we look at parties in my house, like my house in Brazil house and like Roger's house, UK house, it's, it's like his house is like classical music in the background. And then in my house, it's like, like loud music and and i think that is a very good demonstration and that's kind of once again where you have to meet somewhere in the middle to respect the individuality of of the people in the relationship Mm -hmm. that is not just you as you are right now but the the baggage that you come with because everybody comes with baggage there isn't a single person out there that does not come with baggage. Yeah, like they're like. And the older you get, the more bags you collect. Yeah, and the more you start to kind of like believe those things, and that's something that I know that I have to work on. And um, you know, my husband's perfect. <laughs> Love you if you're listening. We're coming up on an hour and fifty nine minutes. We're gonna have to end it here. Where can everybody follow you at? Where can they find you at? Your website, everything. Where can they where can they all check you out at? All right. You can find me on the grams, Natalia Mello Fit. It's an A-T-H-A-L-I-A, Mello, M-E-L-O, Fit, uh, F-I-T. Um, and then Facebook is the same, my Facebook page. Uh, don't forget the N-A-T-H because that's what uh, John messed up before. And you can follow my podcast as well, um, Unfiltered Fit Life uh, Podcast. Um, I just started and very soon I'm going to have John too. Thanks for listening. Oh, you're going to have me on there? Are we talking politics? We're talking politics, aren't we? No. What are we talking about? No. If it's not politics, I mean, why even have me on there? Well, we're not talking about fitness, are we? We're going to talk about your stupid side bends in the gym. Oh, kills me. I I have amazing obliques. I have the Adonis V when I actually cut down. People are just so jealous. She's jealous. It's whatever. Anyway, folks, make sure you share the show. We appreciate you being here. Big thank you to Natalia coming in today and doing this interview. She's a very busy woman. 
Um, and again, it, great conversation. Always great to talk to you and have you on the show. Make sure you share it, folks. Help us grow the Lost Savages Army. The Lost Savages, basically, we don't have a political affiliation. We're just kind of lost. We're just, we don't have a side. We're like, we hate both. So we hate it all. We think it's all just what, stupid. What we is all the burn. name of the girls? The Lost, um, what was it? Uh, the Savage Sweethearts. That's, Sa- that's a new thing. I just, that just started on this show. Like, it's us, the Savage Sweethearts. We have the Savage Sweethearts and we got the Savage Dudes, I guess. I don't know. I love it. I actually have some, uh, a couple ladies that came from this podcast and became members of my, um, my program. And I didn't get a dime of that money. Isn't that some bullshit? You got my presents. <laughs> and what is that worth? Not kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Folks, we appreciate you tuning in today. Again, we'll be, uh, today's Friday. Hell yeah. So we'll be back Monday morning, 12 p.m. CST, right here in the Shellshock CBD studios. Don't forget this episode is brought to you by ShellshockCBD.com. If you need help sleeping, you got anxiety, you just want to get stoned and baked out of your mind, we can help you. She knows. So I appreciate it. Love you all. Have a wonderful weekend and do something for yourselves. And as always, stay savage, America.